My name is Matt Brown. Dessert. Could not have been. Holy cow. I cannot believe this. I thought it was just an ankle. ankle. I, thought we'd go I thought we'd go tape it up and get him back in there. Come on. Hey, the three, three plays, four plays. Sam Martin corrals the snap. It's a short punt. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. I love football. And let's start the show. It's frustrating because I called the ass elves, and we just lost to some elves, so... What's happening, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. What an emotional first week of the NFL season we just experienced, and we have to talk about all the crazy stuff that took place in it. And I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube, and don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We are on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter or next at Pod. We're on TikTok and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So I'm going to keep this monologue brief because we have a very impactful and full productive conversation regarding the NFL season week one that we are about to bring to you. But yes, it was an emotional one. Very, very emotional for Jet fans and Aaron Rodgers fans, who would have thought that after you get him traded here in the spring, have a summer of hype, and on the opening drive of Aaron Rodgers' career, where there is so much hope and optimism for this franchise on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11, after he showed what triumph is all about, running across that field with that American flag. And as we are ready to about to experience probably one of the most fun NFL seasons we're about to have, and after we're about to start watching this team that should be a lot of fun, and Rodgers tears his Achilles on the fourth play of his Jets career, ending his season for good. And we can only hope that this is the last time we see the four-time MVP. Then after that true heartbreaking devastation, the Jets come back to defeat the Bills in an amazing overtime victory where we have this incredible walk-off touchdown off a punt return. Yeah, it is as good as it gets when it comes to overcoming obstacles there, and we will talk about the future with the Jets in terms of that. And then we talk about the Giants' absolute brawling and getting embarrassed on Sunday night, losing 40 to nothing against the Dallas Cowboys. What a joke that was, and we'll get into that. Talk about the 49ers making big moves and having a dominant victory over the Steelers. Some new quarterbacks get some wins like Derek Carr and Jimmy G on new teams. The Saints and Raiders respectfully. Joe Burrow is just held to 82 yards. Patrick Mahomes has receivers who are just breaking it and causing them to lose on opening night. Tua and Justin Herbert go back and forth. Lamar Jackson gets a win back after getting paid. So much that and more that we are about to soak in and experience 
experience. This is going to be one damn good week one NFL show for you, and it is going to be an amazing productive conversation. So let's get your dose of PCP for the day. Our productive crew tonight includes Alex Ranelio, Hayden Nadler is back, Bars the God is back, and me. So it's going to be a good time. So let's enjoy it. Let's talk NFL football with Alex, Hayden, and Bars. Let's do it, guys. Here we go. Matt from Norwalk. Uh, let's see. Matt Brown wants to know. This is a very productive conversation. We did not expect week one to be so emotional, but for a good reason, though. The first week in the NFL was a awesome one. with A lot of highs, a lot of lows, and a lot of things to talk about. So let's get into it once and for all. Alex Ranelio, Hayden Nadler, and Bars the God with us for this version of the show. What's up, guys? Great to speak with all of you. What up? What's going on, Matt? Make it happen. Happy to be back. All right, so we have a lot to cover, so let's get into it right away. So let's talk about Monday night's game. Let me tell you guys something. Life is not fair, especially for a Jets fan. But here's what happened. The New York Jets start their very anticipated season. After trading for Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, things were looking as promising as ever. And on the first drive of the game, on his fourth Play as a New York Jet. Rodgers holds on to the ball a little too long. He is sacked by Leonard Floyd. And after that sack, you can see that he popped his Achilles tendon, ending his season and possibly ending his career. Despite that, the Jets did come back to win the game by a score of 22 to 16. And now the whole perspective of the Jets season is a lot different than we expected. So why don't we give the floor right away to the Jets fan in this chat? And then we will give it to the floor. So Hayden, as a New York Jets fan, before I ask some more personal questions, I want to ask you as a Jets fan, Hayden, how do you react to Rogers injury? There's no other, there's literally nothing other to say besides the fact that this, this team is cursed. There's just nothing. There's nothing else to say. I could go on and on and scream about the general manager not having a backup quarterback or that you have a 40-year-old quarterback who doesn't have an offensive line and isn't mobile, so probably would have been a good idea to get a backup quarterback or at least insurance, but nobody could have ever anticipated uh, something like that. That was, I, without question, probably the worst moment in the history of the franchise when he went down because this team was supposed to be right in contention for a Super Bowl. Everything's there. The roster's there. The defense is elite. Um, the the defense is elite, like just like I said before. They have great playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook. Um, you have Garrett Wilson. Um, even guys, even second, even second strings like Lazard in other areas in the wide receiving core. Um, but just to lose a guy like, to lose a guy like Aaron Rodgers is is like just crazy. They said basically on, I think uh, they said on Barstool Sports it was like going to an Irish wake. Where everyone was still dancing when, when when the body when the body is like on like I forget what it was I think hold on the body was like still there that's pretty much what they said I've I've never seen a stadium go so quiet and yet a happy moment in a game like that literally felt like it was like partying during a funeral that's 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 what it was like I mean and it was and it was crazy that was that was one of the top two or three games I've ever been at 
as a Jet fan, and my and my and my family's season ticket, my family's ten year season tickets, and we've had them since nineteen sixty nine. That was one of the best games I was ever at. Um, that, that it was that game, the game in nine eleven versus Dallas, when uh they picked off Tony Romo to win that game on the tenth anniversary. That game and probably the when they beat New England to set up a, a win and get in for the playoffs versus Buffalo, which they infamously lost. But that was probably one of the top two or three games I was ever at in terms of the actual game. Um, but just, I mean, I I woke up this morning literally wanting to die after 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 he um, got hurt. Like Jet fans are calling in, fans are calling into the radio saying, "I don't want to get up this morning. I cannot believe what I saw." Oh my! The most devastating moment probably in the history of the franchise, and yet they still had a game. It was like it was like shocking. They still had a game to play after that. And I want to say, like I said, I want to say it's it's fucking bullshit. The guy didn't get a, a, an old line. It's bullshit. He doesn't have a backup quarterback, which is I, we'll get into that a little bit later because I'm not putting up with this shit another year if they miss the playoffs. I don't give a, I don't give a fuck if they pick up someone off the street and they miss the playoffs. I'm not putting up with this for another year with this GM. I will not tolerate that. But the fact that it's it's just it's just terrible. I don't even have enough words to say. So so let me ask. I get it. Do you do you feel like it was a victory, even like you know, or do you feel like y'all lost? I y'all won. That's that's a very like interesting question. It was you you can't feel good about that victory no matter what. Like I mean. Listen, it's better to be one and zero. I mean, they still be one. What is considered one of the the best teams in the league at, at the time in Buffalo. Like they intercepted Josh Allen three times. They have a phenomenal defense. Yeah, why ten in the league? Like it, I, I do believe, like they couldn't still make the playoffs. I mean, definitely with Zach. With if Zach Wilson matures and holds on to the ball with that defense, you could win some twenty to seventeen games. You could win games like that, but like it's it's going to be very hard. Whereas, you know, when you had Aaron Rodgers, you had a legitimate chance to, to win the Super Bowl. So, because they don't have what a legitimate the chance to win the Super Bowl with Zach Wilson, the quarterback. What is the injury on him, by the way? The, the injury uh, is 20 Yeah, right Shit. off the bone so rupture. Yeah, season's over. Out for the season. And listen. That's probably his career because he's, he's 40 years old and it's, uh, it's going to take about a year and a half to recover from that. So, also made it glass. We saw what happened to Kobe. Yes, he did. He never fully recovered. Did drop 60 on his final game, but that's the thing about Aaron Rodgers in this particular case, if he's going to retire or not. We can all agree we don't know where his head is at because, uh, you know, he didn't go on Pat McAfee like he was supposed to, and understandably so. But I'm sure... In the next week or two, he will talk about his current intentions, especially after the surgery is done. Uh, I'd like to think that Aaron Rodgers, the person, would not want to go out like that. Still has a contract for two more years after this. And we'll ultimately see. Now, I understand if he decides to hang it up, and I think we all would. But I personally, as an Aaron Rodgers fan and fan for a long time, I think I want to see him keep going. And I think with his crazy personality, he might. And Maybe if he, he just takes one snap, we're, that's better than anything. The one yeah. thing I want to say is, like, I also think it's pretty unfair that, like, Zach Wilson got a lot of blame. Because, like, he, he did what he had to do to win the game. The guy wasn't perfect. 
Like, you know, he had an 80, I want to say it was an 81.4 pass rating. He threw an interception, but wasn't perfect, but he did what he had to do to win the game. Like, he got you on that tying drive. He made some good throws. Like, he didn't cost us the game. Like, we maybe we didn't win because of him, but we didn't lose be, in spite of him. We didn't lose because of him. Buffalo lost that game because Josh Allen committed four turnovers. Yes, so, exactly. They threw it away to him. Like, he didn't, Dak Wilson did not do anything to lose us that game. And honestly, in that situation, all things considered, the fact that he, he was able to get a win in that is nothing short of a miracle. It, it's so, a miracle. It's all so things Aaron, considered. Aaron Rodgers goes down like his predecessor, basically. Brett Favre wins a Super Bowl for Green Bay, goes to another team, gets washed, and then leaves no, the Brett league. Favre, right? Brett Favre is really good for Minnesota. That's not true. Brett Favre is almost an MVP yeah. at one point with Minnesota. He had a, he, yeah, he I, I feel like I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back for the Jets. I, I, I don't see that happening, but, I mean. Hey, I don't, 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 don't like, how do you say, don't sleep on the double check. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, might I, come back. with that Achilles injury, I think it's going to be very tough. Sports but. science is different than it was, like, back when Kobe got his tear. It's, it's progressed, like, tenfold <laughs> at least. Like, I think he'll bounce back from that Achilles tear. Like, look what happened. To, look what, like, all right. Look, uh, what did uh, what did Adrian, what did Adrian Peterson suffer? Well, he tore his and ACL. A, it's a bit different. And too. ACL, you gotta put ACL, you the can H come factor too. ACL, and as a running back, back as a running back, he was able to bounce back and still be explosive. Like you got to think, Aaron Rodgers is not a mobile quarterback. Yeah, every now and again he'll get out the pocket yeah, and scramble yeah. for a little for a little dish. But like, if he if he changes his game a little bit, they actually put some offensive linemen around him someone that's actually going to protect the man, then maybe, just maybe, he can just be a set pocket, a, a set pocket, um, a set pocket quarterback and just like toss you, toss you a couple every night. Like, you know, I don't know. Listen, I get I it, but that really Aaron is a Rogers conversation for another day. But um, just to move things along with this and focusing on what the Jets have now, Jets win. They have a division win. And the big question now is, are they going to stick to Zach Wilson? Now, I know Robert Sala did give the vote of confidence, and the franchise said they are, that this is his team, and he's probably going to ride out for the rest of the year. However, they will probably search for another quarterback and um, to, to back up Wilson. But my question to throw to the floor now is, do you think Zach Wilson can will this team to a playoff Hell no. I think that defense will. Yes, but yes. like, yes, but the, here's the thing about Here's the thing I'm going to say about that. Daniel Jones's career year last year was, I will talk about that in a, a little bit. 15 touchdowns and five picks. You're telling me Daniel, you're telling me if Zach Wilson holds on to the ball, he can't have a year like that where he just holds on to the ball, is conservative with the ball, doesn't throw any interceptions. Like, for me, with that defense, I mean, if he, if he protects the ball, like they're they're gonna win some games. I'm not telling you, you they're question. gonna be. Let me you ask know, you a question. When Shanahan decided to do that with Garoppolo, did they win a Super Bowl? They they, they, they went pretty far. They went they were within one drive of a Super Bowl. They did they, they were they were up by ten the points in the fourth quarter. What are you talking about? They went did to they three win the Super Bowl? It doesn't matter. They went to, they had a very good one. <laughs> are you kidding me right now? Jimmy Garoppolo was phenomenal with the 49ers. They went to three three A NFC title games. They should have won one Super Bowl actually. If they're gonna you win, you need games. a game manager. You cannot do it without a game manager. Zach Wilson is not a game manager. A uh, hundred and forty yards on 
like 14 throws on 21 throws. He completed like 14 of them. Come on, bro. You got to do better than that. 140 yards. I'm not going to talk shit. Kenny Pickett wasn't immaculate yesterday either. I mean, on, on Sunday either. But like, it's the it's the simple fact. It's the simple fact that Zach Wilson. What, we, no, no, no. what you're saying about a game manager is someone who can who can run the game. You don't have to throw a lot of passing yards to be a game manager. The defense ran the game. The, game, yeah. the defense gave him every yeah, opportunity. But Zach Wilson did make the plays. Like they had to tie. Off. It was 13 to six. He had to have a drive to tie the game. Like 13 six, you have to have a drive that ties the game. That's what like you're not understanding. They would have not won the game if Zach Wilson didn't put them in position to at least get them there. I'm not saying he was perfect. He wasn't great. I'm I believe not, the running game. I'm not him saying he was great. I'm not saying he was great, but he was not the reason they lost the game, which is a, an improvement from what he was last year. And that's the focusing on the question at hand for the next 16 games. Can they're Zach Wilson provide they, that? They could be competitive with Zach Wilson. Do I think they're going to be winning a lot? I mean, it doesn't. It depends because, like, they if you looked at the, they did go five and they won five and uh one before they lost those three guys. That's why they lost Brees Hall and Eric Tucker last year with him. So it's like they can win games with Zach Wilson, in spite yeah. of him. But like, Listen, I don't know. I, I feel like if they let him use his legs, and I feel like if they let him use his legs and they utilize the running game well, I I think he could be a guy who limit the turnovers because he has in his rookie year, he had about a stretch of five or six games where he didn't commit a turnover. So he can play, he can is capable of not turning the ball over. Well, he turned the ball over once so far. We got 16 games to go. But the fact of the matter is, do you really feel like this? Like, look, hold on. Let's let's talk about it. Like overall, the Jets didn't even feel like Zach Wilson was strong enough to take them anywhere. So they had to go and get a a, a MVP in Aaron Rodgers. He goes down. They reluctantly put him in the game, and for four quarters. He only manages to gain 140 yards. That running game did that. That defense did that. Honestly, the defense will get them to the playoffs. Zach Wilson, probably short of an injury before putting uh, someone else back in. Like, come on, no, I don't think I don't think Zach Wilson's the guy. Not for them. I mean, no. I'm not saying I, I don't think he's the guy personally, but I, can you win with him? Yeah, they're gonna go out and get a quarterback, of course. Whether that be a, a, a veteran or someone who can compete with them. It, the fact they didn't do that prior to this is fucking bullshit. And the fact that I have so many other reasons with our problems with our GM. And if, like I said, if they didn't make the playoffs and he's not here, I'm, I'm not dealing with this shit again. But like, right. the, fact they didn't so get, the fact they didn't get a backup quarterback and the fact they didn't upgrade the line was beyond that, beyond me. But like at the same time, I, I can complain all I want about, about, but they did go in on the quarterback. It's not his fault. The guy ultimately tore his Achilles. So you know that's exactly it was a freak play anything could have happened so. yeah no i'm not playing i'm not playing yeah. the, the gym but he stood to sit, he stood up to sit down like that shit's crazy like they're gonna make a meme out of that yeah i mean go the same thing happened with kd tore his in the finals he, he sat down too and you know what happened there against toronto but focusing on this and what you were saying too hayden i don't think zach wilson is the guy he's very neurotic you could see him like get selfish with the ground with him where it looks like they're scared to have him throw which is a Exactly. You drafted the guy number two overall. And that's what's protecting him. Mind boggling to me. Is having him as the second overall pick. And that's what's protecting him to be in the position that he's in. And I really do think it's um, blind dog, dumb dog faith that they are thinking. And there's no way on his skill set that Zach Wilson's the guy, but they're going to, they're going to try to do it. And clearly, um, and clearly, and 
Robert Sala is putting his career on the line for it. Too. They're going to add a quarterback. So exactly, yeah. but they're not going to like, you know. Here are some possible options they have. Um, you go with Carson Wentz if you want to sign him. He's raging out. Jameis. Jameis Winston. If you want to trade I thought him. about Jameis. He's going to. He's a backup for Carr in New Orleans. Maybe yep. an Andy Dalton in Carolina. Or if you want to, you know, steal a starting quarterback and understand. Um, let's say by week six or seven before the trade deadline happens, maybe we want to trade for a starting quarterback. And depending on the two options that I think would make the most sense, depending on their record, one, if you wanted to trade for Matt Stafford from the Rams or two, who I would personally want to see only because on pure pop culture reason references, I'd like to see Kirk Cousins go to a dynamic team like this, see him fulfill, put that Super Bowl trophy in that trophy room, the nicest quarterback in the NFL. Kirk is a game manager. And honestly, he would be a good veteran fit. But again, we don't know where the Vikings are going to be six weeks from now. Don't know where the Rams are going to be six weeks from now. And this all really... Depends on how Zach Wilson plays for the next three games. So, again, if Zach Wilson is as special a quarterback as he's supposed to be, if he's going to justify his second his second overall pick selection, then he will figure out how to win these games with that dominant defense. But if not, then, um, you know, put your fuel to the fire, try to get that starting quarterback wherever he is, and don't waste these weapons and don't waste this amazing defense for the Jets. And those final things on the Bills, Josh Allen is not a top five quarterback. He's turning into a Brett Favre, very neurotic, throwing turnovers. Um, he did put his team in position to at least get a field goal, but he didn't get the big touchdown to win, to win it when they could have. And I just don't think Josh Allen is uh, is it. He's clearly mad and cursed after week one. And I think this is only going to be a sign of what's to come. And if anyone has anything to add to that, would love it. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bills are. I think the Bills are going to implode this year. I actually had them missing the playoffs coming into the to season. Um, you could just see it from last year. With there's clearly tension between Diggs and the rest of the front office. And yeah, he he wants out. It's too bad for Buffalo. It really is. You want to talk about cursed franchises, but um. Yeah, I don't think Buffalo is it either. And that was a topsy-turvy game. It was a weird game, but we'll see how the weeks progress. And the other disaster that took place at MetLife Stadium this weekend is the New York Giants lost by a score of 40-0 to against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, what a mess. The rain was appropriate. Daniel Jones did not play well in his first game after getting paid, though I do think it's more of the offensive line that was a real joke. Evan Neal, letting people run through in his turnstile. Special teams was a mess. I don't know how Graham Gano was so automatic last year, and then he misses field goals in this game. And really, the Dallas Cowboy defense was dominating. Michael Parsons is him. And, you know, they're the real facilitators to win. Dak played okay, but... um yeah, maybe I underestimated the Dallas Cowboys at first. But again, we'll see how the weeks progress there. But focusing on the Giants, this wasn't a depressing loss. This wasn't a embarrassing loss. I mean, it was embarrassing, but it wasn't a depressing loss. It wasn't a loss of concern. It was just straight up stupid. It was stupid how we got manhandled. I can, It was so stupid how we got our butts kicked and I could use all the inappropriate words in the world for this 
absolute slaughtering. But yeah, maybe if this is what signs to come, maybe I underestimated the giant myself underestimating the giants going on and saying that maybe this is a special team. It's not. At least if uh, one is anything to show for it, there's clearly problems with our offensive line as well. I'm not worried about Daniel Jones, but especially Saquon on a big walk year, it's uh, time's ticking, and I am concerned. Again, week one is the ultimate overreactions week, but I do think, at least in this game in particular, that maybe we do need just to be a little more patient and maybe not make a deep run as a we would like to see or we did last year, but the Giants really shit the bed and maybe there is a lot of problems that we have to clearly take care of, especially going into a very, very difficult part of the schedule. Luckily, we have Arizona this week, but hey, they made a game against the Washington Commanders. If we lose this game and they're going to San Francisco next Thursday night on the road, and we go 0-3, well, that's a recipe for doom because if you're 0-3, you're usually not making the playoffs. So I'm already worried, but that's just how this game is. And um, there's definitely things to be concerned about, but there's also things to understand that it is just week one and take a chill pill. But do you guys feel as concerned as I am with the Giants? Hell yeah. They should feel very embarrassed because – let me talk about this real quick. Dak Prescott is not that guy. I'm sorry. No touchdowns for Dak. 143 yards. Micah Parsons may be that guy. Tony Pollard. Somebody told me Tony Pollard is not going to be able to do nothing. Tony Pollard had two two touchdowns, 70 yards. Wasn't, he didn't break 100, but he got two touchdowns. Um it seems that defenses aren't going to be able to like handle him like they thought they would. So like CD had no touchdowns. Like where did the rest of the touchdowns come from defense? So it's like, it's another team whose offense can't hold, hold a fucking candle to their defense. It's just serious. It's like you got jets in the NFC, basically. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I know this is a week of overreactions, but if I were Matt, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I would say that this was definitely an embarrassing loss. It's definitely a learning lesson. Sometimes there's certain nights it's just not your night. I think this was more chalked up to that in terms of how embarrassing of the wide of the line was. But there are things that concern me when I look at this game, like not being able to hold a candle in terms of passing yards. That's why you paid Daniel Jones. Um, being you know outbeat on the run game and rushing attack. I think that's a huge issue, especially when you have a healthy Saquon coming off of a fresh offseason to prepare. I think that's very big of an issue. And then doubling up on the penalty yards. I mean, the 72 to oh, 35 yeah. in terms of penalty yards just um, hints at the fact that this offensive line is still not ready and where it needs to be for the for the Giants. Not so even close. I think it's going to be, you know, murderer's row after Arizona for the next four or five weeks. You alluded to the NFC uh, West, the uh, division rivals that they have. Um they still have Miami and Buffalo there. I think it's going to be very tough. But the one thing you will have is a sense of clarity about how this team can compete outside the division. So you can start to get a little more of a hierarchy outside of just exclusively the NFC East. And I think that'll be very telling to see where the second half of the season will go. Yeah, and that's very important. <clears throat> 
Patel remembered. I trust Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. I definitely don't need to get fired after a bad game. And I do no. think the more I think about it, the more far away it really was just an example of a bad night. And especially don't worry about Daniel Jones because nobody could have survived the way that he was getting rushed and pressured. Nobody, not even Patrick Mahomes. And my dumb Chiefs fan that I'm going to reference all season long, Jake thought um, his boy I mean, Mahomes could have done that. But they couldn't. When you look at the offensive numbers on paper, Y'all should have been pretty close in score. 265 yards as to 171. Uh, 143 passing yards. Like, that was the total yards, sorry. 143 of those are passing yards for Cowboys. 63 passing yards. Daniel Jones really needs to work on that. But when it comes to the rushing yards, the numbers were fairly close. And it was 4.8 yards for the Cowboys to 2.6. It wasn't a crazy discrepancy. So, like, 40 points... That defense is crazy. It's ridiculous. I get it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I, uh, Alex is right. It's not. It's not more so embarrassing as it's like overall reflective, but it's still a. It still is a bit embarrassing. I, I think that I think that the the, the the places for improvement are glaring. They're 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 point. They're they're glowing right through the, the TV screen. But I, I think there are a big concern when you're seeing the the the, uh, the gap in yards per play. I think like. The fact that you're getting outrushed two and a half yards on the ground is a big issue per carry. And it just tells you that there's not enough separation between Saquon and that line. And you see it with the sacks allowed, seven to nothing. It's not that's that that has to be improved immediately. Seven yes. sacks allowed. Seven sacks allowed. He was getting beat the fuck up. Yeah, and it was mostly Evan Neal not pulling through. Andrew Thomas played a bad game. John Michael Smith's the rookie center. Wishes he was back in Minnesota. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Reckon um, it was rainy and all those conditions. But if we have a similar conversation we do a week from now against Arizona, then there's some problems already in week two. But we'll just move on and we'll be okay. And again, with Dallas. Um, uh, real man, real I also ask you a question. Yes. What I know it's all I'm going off topic. Sorry about it. What do you think personally was the best game of the day or the best game of week one? We'll talk about that a little later. So um, Ah, regarding, well, regarding, I'll let you know when we get to it, but it's definitely not these two first. I want to, I want to comment a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really concerning. Like I spent all the off season talking about the talent gap between the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles, how the Giants were closing the gap. And if if you're looking at this game, they are not even within the same stratosphere as Dallas. Uh, offensively, yep. they can't protect the quarterback at all. Um, there's Wide receivers can't get any separation. Who I, I heard all offseason about how they upgraded the wide receiver position. Like, they have no playmakers. Like, I'm sorry. Their playmakers were terrible. They got no playmakers. I wish Darren Waller they, especially they, they do played, not have had too a many, They don't have too many great playmakers. They couldn't make any separation versus those corners. Couldn't make any big plays. Fumbling the ball left and right. Um, I'd be I'd be really, really concerned because, like, nothing really pops out to me with that team. And, and you know, not for anything. Like, it wasn't Daniel Jones' fault per se. I mean, because he was under pressure every other, other, every other time he throw. But you paid this guy God knows how much money. I think I want to say it was close to $50 million. And – to be honest with you, was he worth that much? Yeah, after, 41 a year. Uh, 41 a year after he had 15 touchdowns and for like a career year. <laughs> I, I say that in quotations because like his stats were 
Yeah, who did y'all like? Um, and I, I, I think it's actually the fact you have an average quarterback and you have and you don't have a great roster around him. So, like, combine that with the fact you have an average quarterback and an average roster around him. You guys aren't going to, in my opinion, Giants Giants have a chance to only win, like, six, seven games this year. Like, I just, I don't see them being a nine or ten win team this year. I don't. You know, maybe. That may be the case. And I will still be behind my, what happened with the Giants defense? Yeah, last year y'all actually had a solid defense, like, what happened to y'all? Defense, oh, this defense year? was fine in that game. Defense was yeah. terrible. It was just the line that couldn't protect him. The special teams was atrocious, and the, the offense no sacks and they allowed forty points. But the defense, the defense wasn't really the reason. Well, if you look at that, they had a special teams touchdown. Didn't they have a defensive touchdown as well? Yeah, there was the pick like, six. There pick was six. the blocked field goal blocked for a field touchdown. Goal touchdown. So it's like it, the defense was not the biggest problem in the game, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I'm true. not worried about the Giants defense. Wink Martindale is a top coordinator in this league. We just need to focus like on week two. Though. And um, we just need to focus on Arizona. Make sure we don't lose that game. And we'll see what momentum we could bring against San Francisco. So moving on to the Thursday night season opener, where we have the Detroit Lions going to Arrowhead and defeating the Kansas City Chiefs by score 21-20. to no Kelsey? Yes, problem, clearly. Patrick Mahomes' weapons let him down. Sky Moore didn't make moves. Kadarius Tony had bricks for hands. Um, it was really bad. Really, really bad. Now, Mahomes did keep them in the game. And, you know, props to the Detroit Lions. They might really do have a legitimate offense. And we'll wait for the day if we want to see that Jared Goff can get his flowers. But what was more of a what was a more alarming subject for you guys was the fact that the Chiefs lost this game without Kelsey or that the Lions are actually a legitimately good team this year. And they did held it down. Uh, that defense only allowed 20 points against Mahomes, which they could take a w- that as a win in Arrowhead. But what do you think is the more alarming thing to talk about here? Is it more of the Lions winning or the Chiefs losing? Um, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, like, like I said, with the with the Lions, I mean, they are for real. I think, they, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Um, what they did to Mahomes, give them a lot of credit. They made him uncomfortable. Uh, but I also think it's going to take – I also think they got the Chiefs at the right time. They got them playing a little bit early. So with, without without uh, without Kelsey, they got them – you know, they're still kind of gelling a little bit with these receiving core. Um, they got mm-hmm. a couple of new guys. So they, they got them at the right time. I think you want to take – you want to get a team like this early because they're still kind of figuring themselves out, which is, you know. But that being said, I mean, it's it's kind of – it is kind of crazy how much they they are very much reliant on Travis Kelsey, which is, I think, a very big concern. Because those yes, wide receivers that was really, a huge those wide receivers really like not play too good. Um, Kadarius Tony dropped a lot of balls. Um, so teams in the future could maybe double double up Gronk and maybe provide like almost a spy on yeah, Gronk Kelsey. per se. I mean, not not Gronk, Kelsey, Kelsey. I'm gonna say on Kelsey. So it's like uh, kind of like they have a spy on Kelsey, and it's like um, you know it's it's gonna be interesting to see how teams want to play them. Like you know. It's they don't have a ton. They don't have a ton of uh, wide receivers. But like that being said, even last season they didn't. I didn't feel like they had a ton of great wide receivers last year, and they won the Super Bowl. So a team with Patrick Mahomes is going to be okay. I think they'll they'll probably make the playoffs with Mahomes because he's just that good that he can override some of their deficiencies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. But the lines are for real. But I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna take the 
the Chiefs maybe six weeks to get it. Like they could start off three and three, but then they're probably gonna probably gonna have a good second half run. But I think that, I think it's gonna take them time for them to develop. And I think it's actually a good thing when the Jets play them early because the Jets week can't four. get them. Yeah, Jets. It's actually a good thing we get them week four because they're still gonna be figuring things out. So it's like we picked the, we picked the right time to play them. Yeah, so, and um, yeah, and it's actually a good thing for the Jets because the and especially because the Jets defense is elite. So, um, but yeah, no, Chiefs are Chiefs are gonna be a playoff team. I, I'm not really concerned with that. I think it's week one, but um, Detroit's also a really good team too. So, I think it's a little bit of combination of both. Yeah, my only downfall with Detroit and thing to point out is if the Chiefs wide receivers do make those catches, especially Kadarius Tony, Chiefs would easily won. Oh, yeah, one no, thing I, to I'm, factor I'm, I'm in and remember there. And I and I and I firmly believe that the structure of this offense is going to continue to be receiver by committee. Um, they don't really have a mainstay outside of Kelsey, which we already you know talked about. But in addition to that, they don't really have a rushing rushing game to rely on either. So they've always kind of been one dimensional from an offensive standpoint. They've always been the big play. So it's going to be. The onus is going to be upon that coaching staff to really ramp up and make reformations, you know, going into week six, week seven, like Hayden alluded to. I, I they, they have a history of coming out of the gate a little slow and having a, you know, a 500, you know, opening first set of weeks. Um, I fully expect them to do so, you know, just coming off of another long season and a, and a, and a Super Bowl run. Um, but in the same breath, I think that Detroit is for real. I had to pick the, I had picked them in preseason to win the division. And, um, you know, it's just going to take time for, you know, Chiefs to get healthy and keep developing this offense. Um, I I agree with Aiden. I think two things can be true at once. I believe that um, the Lions are a good team. Like, I really believe that they are a solid team. Um, they showed glimpses of it last year, and it was just like, a young core. Um, they put Jared Goff back there. What is it? How many years has he been in the league now? Five? No, longer than that. Jared, 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 Goff, Jared Goff, Goff. 20. Didn't he start in 2017? Sorry. So, yeah. So, he's definitely a veteran. You know, he's been he's been there for a little bit. He's going to give them – he's going to give these guys a little push. Um, that defense is really surprisingly underrated right now. And it's going to be – it's going to be really scary. I feel like the Lions are going to get once James, um, James, James, uh, Jamison Wilson gets back from his suspension. That offense, Amon Ross, St. Brown, um, plus James, like I think, I think that I think they're going to take their division. That's my prediction. I think they're going to win their division. Um, the Chiefs, uh, they also, I don't, they did they have Chris Jones? No, Chris Jones wasn't playing. Chris Jones wasn't playing, so that was another big factor too. Um, like that defense looked very in shambles during that game. They they didn't look they looked like they were focusing so much on getting guys that worry about pass blocking on like I mean pass uh, pass rushing on like run stopping that they weren't really doing their jobs. Um, the the clear discrepancy of talent in the in the wide receiver room from last year to this year. Um, I think you can't let one bad game from Tony really hold you back um, or, like, from saying that, like, he's good because um, the Giants weren't utilizing him, and that was very clear. And the way he won But he also was fleecing the Giants, too, with these injuries. He was over-exaggerating, and they traded him. And, yeah, I, we don't really have much of a pool to see what Cardarius Doney then do. 
the great the, the only two great games I've seen him was the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. But um, and then showing up, he is the wide receiver one on the day. Uh, sorry, he was the he is the wide receiver one on the depth chart, and uh, he didn't step up. But again, this is part of the Week One overreactions. Yes, um, letting go Juju was was a bad move in my in my opinion. Um, they should have kept Juju. He's a very strong, physical um, uh, wide receiver who likes to block, actually. Um, so Juju could have remained their wide receiver one. Tony is a two on any team for me, like even a strong slot. But like a one, I wouldn't say that much. And without Travis Kelsey, the, this, this Chiefs team is very lacking on offense. They let go of McCole Hardman. Um, what happened to McKinnon? McKinnon's still there. McKinnon's still there. So they still got pieces. Um, I Did Isaiah Pacheco get hurt? No, he's still on the team, just, too. No, he's still on the team. No, no, did he get hurt? He wasn't hurt that game? No, he was fine. He just didn't get a lot of touches. Yeah, see, so, like, they just got to utilize their pieces more. Um, But the Lions just came to play. The Lions literally just came to play. So two things are true in that in, in that regards for me. All right. I hear you there. Bars, I want to talk about your team. Steelers lost 7-30 to on their home turf. Brock Purdy returns to form after his elbow injury. Kenny Pickett was getting eaten up by probably the best defense in the NFL, if you're asking me. In my and, opinion, too. Uh, yeah, the Steelers looked very promising at a training camp, but they had a very difficult loss against a tough team. So, Bars, what happened Oh, what happened? Okay. Kenny crumbled under a big defense. Um, I got a text message from somebody that said Dodgers should be kicked off the team. Um, but it's more so it's more so week one overreactions. Uh Darnell Washington looks very promising. He pancaked Nick Bosa. Uh that's a very that's a very promising move there. Um, outside of that, our defense has very clear holes. I think they thought Joey Porter wasn't ready to start, but I think you're going to have to give him some play time now because our cornerbacks were letting Brandon Ayuk run up and down that field. Um, besides Patrick Peterson's like one slip where I feel like Brandon Ayuk wouldn't have scored. He got burnt after that by Brandon Ayuk and, um, that's clear that he that we need someone faster or longer, i.e. Joey Porter Jr. Um, we lost Corey Trice in uh in training camp, so we can't have our uh, as they said during training camp, avatar corners. But like <laughs> outside of that, TJ looked amazing. Uh three sacks, if I'm correct. Um, and a, and two fumbles, one recovery. Uh it was looking really solid. Um Outside of offense, offense needs a lot of work. Don, Deontay went down. George Pickens, they're saying there's a lot of controversy. Um, he addressed that already. But we got a lot of holes that it's clear where we can fix up. Broderick Jones had, I think, the fourth highest uh, left tackle. Right? Uh, what was it? it was a left tackle. He had the fourth high, fourth highest rating for his position and in, in the rookie amongst rookies. Uh, 
according to P, uh, Pro Football Focus. So I feel like you should just get him out there, solidify that line. Kenny was looking like a rookie in his second year. I don't even know. George Pickens almost had a great catch. Um, Matt but Kenny is going to be go. out. Who? George Pickens looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks. Pickens got hurt? Mm-hmm. I did not see that or hear that. Deontay Johnson's out for a few weeks. Let me confirm that. But bottom line, though, Bars, you think the Steelers are going to be fine this season despite a slow start? Honestly, yes. Honestly, yes. I feel like we're going to be good uh, minus a slow start. Um, We had a pretty slow start last year. Um, This year... I feel like I saw glimpses of a, a few good things. Um, they need to push that ball downfield more. They're not they're not throwing the ball deep enough. They had, they finished like bottom of the league last year in deep balls. Um, Kenny can throw it, so it's not that he doesn't have an arm. Matt Canada is just not a good offensive coordinator. He's everyone in the league knows you're going to run that fucking screen. And you run it anyways. And if it wasn't for Calvin Austin being so like squiggly and squirmy, like you you don't lose a yard on it. But like shit, that's like a that's blown that that play blew up instantly. And like, by the way, bars, I, I apologize. Player. It was Deontay Johnson. I misread the injury report. George Pickens is fine, but Johnson he is, not is out. One. Yeah, Deontay Johnson though maybe it's a few weeks but moving forward you were saying yes uh matt canada gotta go like he's making matt's everywhere look bad like yo Mm -hmm. i can't stand it no longer i'm just saying like these dinking dunks you you got it really good for ben but now you got a young quarterback who's slightly mobile i don't think i saw kenny use his legs once and kenny literally can move like he's not a stationary quarterback. Like so, it, like the, the everything that they had going against him during when he, like his rookie year, oh small hands, blah blah blah. He proved that that was not a factor. Now you just got to prove that you can actually fucking play the ball. Two interceptions. One was a really bad fucking throw. I'll give you that, I'll, I, and I'll, I'll chalk that down to to sophomore slump. But like shit, like we need someone who will. That like who offensively knows what the fuck they're doing. At this point, I'm like begging for anyone, like any fucking one. Like Yeah. Yeah. Well I think I, I think, you know, similar to like your, your last segment, I think that whatever that ceiling looks like for a, for a, uh, an improvement of the year this year, I think you guys can have it. It may not be resulting in the playoffs, but at least a 500 season is, is tangible. I look at the schedule and it's very manageable. You got Houston sandwiched in there. You got the Rams. Um, you got Tennessee and Green Bay. Those are all winnable games. You could probably we got like the 26th hardest schedule. Yeah, no, it's not. It's nothing. I think that it's a very it's a very workable schedule. Um, as long as you see an incremental improvement um, with that offense, you know, orchestrated with. With Pickett, I think that there's possibility. Um, you, you're still kind of healing that offensive line, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to lean on this defense and you know and get that return on investment from TJ Watt. And I think that as long as that secondary, if they can get pressure, you give you buy some time for that secondary. They can really put the clamps on some of these teams and 
Um, it, a lot of these games can uh, are very winnable. So I, yeah. I look. I, I look at I look at that San Fran game as the hardest game on the schedule. We kind of knew what that was gonna. It was gonna be a bloodbath. Um, I actually had you guys in an upset just because historically um, the 49ers have kind of been slow out the gate as well at the beginning of the season. But you move on, you, you erase the tapes, and you just focus on Cleveland. I, like I said, like like I saw a lot of good things going from there. Like we got a lot of good pressures on Zach Purdy. On um, Zach Purdy, we got a lot of uh, on Brock Purdy. We got a lot of good pressures on him. Like I said, TJ got there three times. Uh, Alex may have got there for one too. Um, Alex Highsmith. Um, overall, yeah. that front line was pretty okay. Minus a hundred and like thirty-five yards on the ground from Chris McCaffrey, like some shit like that. Minus that, but that's that's Cam that's Cam Hayward not being there. He's a big part of our run defense. Um, outside of that. Like I said, that secondary, like you said, it needs to lock it up just a little bit more. Um, Keanu Neal, not a bad pickup. Um, I, I uh, Cole Holcomb, uh, like I didn't like him in his first game, and yeah. Landon Roberts was okay. Um, I feel like that secondary is like two pieces away from being like locked down. We yeah. literally had tied San Fran last year for the most interceptions in the league. So our defense isn't poor, but our offense still needs work. So Hayden, Hayden, what did you think about this game? Um this is kind of a tough one to to really um evaluate for me. I can't really I couldn't really get a feel on it. I, I feel like San Francisco San Francisco and Dallas and Dallas and Philly are probably like th- the three best teams in the NFC. Um probably arguably I would say probably up there with they're two, three of the best defenses in the league. So it's kind of hard for me to say. Um, Kenny Pickett, in my opinion, statistically, didn't have such a great year last year. He's very good in prime, prime time. But, um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see when they play it. We'll see when they when they, when the schedule adjusts. Um, their playmakers got to step up. Uh, George Pickens. I know Deontay Johnson's hurt. Um, I don't really love their running game so much with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Not really a huge fan of it, but um, – I mean, like I said, they're going to be a team that's going to be reliant on their defense, kind of like the Jets, with, without it's as that good, Canada, without it's without that Canada a, which, without of good without as good of a secondary. To be honest with you, I think that I think the Jets' defense is better than Pittsburgh's. If I'm definitely being, right now, yes. If I'm being truthful, but they do have TJ Watt, who's one of the best defensive players in the in the league. So I feel um, like the Jets' secondary. Is I can't I can't really get a, a gauge on Pittsburgh. I'm going to have to see them play a little bit more. I couldn't really get a gauge on them last season. Yeah, it, it uh, takes mean, about three weeks to it's, it's, really know. It's who's very, who. it's very interesting because because they also play Cleveland next week. Who, who, by the way, Cleveland's actually pretty good. Like that yeah. that roster, that that loss is looking pretty good. So that's that's going to be a tough game for Pittsburgh. So, I mean, they could start off zero and two, and you know we'll say they, they usually finish strong with Mike Tomlin. All right, that's what yeah. we all know. But I mean, after after Cleveland, you beat Cleveland, and then you got the Raiders, Texans, the Raiders and Texans. So. I mean, you know, it could be two and two right out of the gate if you win those two games. Those are winnable games. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's, like I said, there's a lot of winnable games there. So it's like, I'm not going to react too much versus a loss versus San Francisco 49ers. Cause like, I, I think even, even for me, like the, 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 the Steelers weren't never really that talented of a team to begin with. So, I mean, it never really yeah. dawned on me that they would ever really compete with the Niners. But with the rest of the schedule, we'll see. 
because they have, just, they have a lot just of... get good in this the shit you talk that's crazy <laughs> they're really not talented team <laughs> I, I didn't think they were that talented last year i mean they won they had a they had a good end of the year last year but i don't i don't find them to be that talented overall yeah. um but that being said um i mean they like like alex like alex like you said i'll, I'll harp back on that point like the schedule's the schedule's pretty favorable for them they get the Colts, yeah. they get the Cardinals, they get the Seahawks with Geno Smith, who might be an aberration. You get the Rams, who, I mean, they, they want to work. They could be a little bit better. You get the Titans, who might not have a quarterback. Uh, Green Green Bay with Love, who who really knows about them, and, and the Texans and the Raiders. So there's a lot yeah. of really really yeah, winnable like, games there. Literally, like I think like four yeah, three of the worst of five four of our teams games are rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. So. Yeah, like so, I said, uh, it takes about three weeks. By week four, you should know who is who and, and what are the strengths and weaknesses. There's going to be a couple of teams that surprise us throughout the season, like you know, like the Giants surprised last year. You know, there's going to be a team or two that everyone says, "Wow, they're actually pretty decent." Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like the the Commanders could be one of those teams. The Browns could be one of those teams, and maybe not the Browns, but I got you with the Commanders. And maybe the the Saints. Maybe I think Saints could be pretty good, and the Buccaneers too. But I, Buccaneers look pretty good with Baker Mayfield. Nah, Baker will let you down. I think they the could game. surprise some people too. So, um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the six in, six out rule. If you look at it that way, usually six te- There are six teams that made the playoffs last year that go out and don't repeat, and six new teams that come in. But focusing on the other Pennsylvania team, we had the Philadelphia Eagles go down to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots on a special Tom Brady day. Eagles went twenty-five to twenty. Eagles looked really dominant in the first half, and the Eagles crept in a little bit. They fell short, but uh, I'm sorry. The Patriots kept in a little bit. They fell short, but um, interesting stuff. A very interesting game. I'll say that's the second most exciting game I saw towards the end. Now, with the Eagles winning and the Patriots making a push, one question here between those two franchises is if the Patriots, are they going to lose because of their offense and Mac Jones? Or are they going to be fine? And this was just a fluke loss. Focusing on the Patriots first here. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk a little bit about the Patriots. I mean, Mac Jones had a really good game, actually. Mac Jones threw for 316 yards, three touchdowns after that pick, pick six. Yeah. Um, he was actually really good in this game. Um, so the Patriots actually surprised a lot of people. They hung tight with the defending champs. That was actually pretty good. If, and if the guy got a foot in bounds, probably could have won that game. So they were within a, probably a receiver, Keyshawn Boot, getting his uh, – getting his foot in bounds and really winning that game. So actually surprised a lot of people. Um, they're going to be much more fluid offensively, I think. I think they'll be a better team offensively this year. Um, and even last year, you went 8-9 and nine with that that team. So they're going to be right in it. They're going to be a better team offensively. I don't know if that's going to equate to wins. But, you know, you got Bill you got Bill playing the defensive genius and helping out with the defense. So the, their defense is going to be stout. And, like, yeah, they're going to be in every game. They're going to be competing. That team has enough enough pieces on defense and – if Mac Jones improves, they're going to compete every game. I don't know if necessarily they're going to win, but I mean, you got to be pretty happy with the effort you, the Patriots gave. Actually, versus the defending champs. Yeah, I feel like uh, the Eagles like didn't really perform so good this game. Like you said, the first half, yeah, but then the second half, they kind of let the Patriots back into it. So like, eh, I'm just I'm going to look at it like they're going to go back to the locker room that like. With the win, yeah, but they're also going to get a reading from the coach. Like, it's the Patriots. Mac Jones ain't really nobody. 
Um, they honestly, outside of Juju, like, come on, tell me who the receivers and who's their defense outside of Matt Judon. So the only thing well, it's a Bill Belichick defense that works really well as a cohesive unit. Yeah, I think I, there's um I think the Eagles are very very fortunate. I would be gravely concerned if I was Philly moving forward. Not to right. overreact one per se, but again, a lot of earmarks of things you know that you don't want to be recurring trends moving into the next weeks. Um, they have a difficult schedule as is, and you know they're you know they're the, they're representing the NFC, so they want to get back to that plateau again. Uh, I think with New England. Um, the best thing that could have happened to them from this week was Aaron Rodgers going down. I think that this this whole division, the AFC East, is loaded this year, and I think that they were sitting at kind of that precipice of 500 or slightly better. And I think that um, looking at a favorable schedule for them, if they can keep the ground game going and maintain the clock, uh, I think it'll give Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones that time to build more cohesion and be able to push the ball down the field. Because after that pick six, he was pretty, pretty on the ball for the remainder of the game. I thought that they hung in there and had some pretty solid fortitude um, fighting back in this game. I agree the whole way through, but um, we'll ultimately see where things go in that end there. So the green Bay Packers played the Chicago bears. No Rogers, no problem. Jordan love in his second career start, Kills it. Three touchdowns, 245 yards. Pretty impressive stuff. The Bears were pretty limited by a great Packers defense game against them. Justin Fields wasn't the Justin Fields we usually expect, having both 100 yards rushing. Not this time, only 59. 216 yards in the air is pretty good, but they were still pretty limited. Aaron Joes had a really good game. We did get hurt at the end, but... It seems like the Packers might be okay with Jordan Love if a uh, week one tells us anything, right? Yeah. Um, I got a former uh, Packers fan. Uh, I got a current Packers fan who was, like, really, like, ecstatic when Aaron Rodgers went down, um, but really surprised at the same time when Jordan Love was doing his thing uh, during the Packers game. So it was, it was very surprising to me. But um, I knew Jordan Love was going to come out and like do his thing. It's honestly, it's honestly like Green Bay's pack, Green Bay Packers like backup quarterback like tradition. Like they're they're actually pretty solid. Everyone who sat down behind a starting quarterback for years in Green Bay actually have a good track record. Um, I I feel like um, this is a good game. The Bears are gonna get right back down to like really where they belong. Like you know, no real receiving core. Um, Justin feels pretty much. You don't think DJ Moore, Clay, Chase Claypool, they could be um, something good for him? Clay, let me chase. Let me celebrate while we about to like got no time left on the clock. Like before we get Claypool, <laughs> nah, I don't think he's gonna um, really help them out. Um, DJ he Moore only got targeted twice, so maybe you're right. Or Darnell Moore. DJ Moore, Clay, Clay Chase Pool is too. He's like. Instead of like, yeah, he's your very good physical receiver that'll get you some good, nice catches. But it's like he'll sacrifice his body for a catch where you could have easily got some simple rack on, and it don't you don't need to do that. He's gonna be injury prone. I feel in my in my belief, and we traded him like literally, like we traded him because he was like a detriment. Um, fucking DJ Moore, come on, he's in Carolina, like really like. 
kind of doing something, but like not really. And then like you got Darnell Mooney. He's your deep threat over there. But outside of that, you got Justin Fields like throwing him the ball. Where's your running game? And then like, oh, Justin Fields is your running game. Sorry. Cause he led the league like in rushers last year. So like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just the bears have been abysmal and will always be abysmal. I'm assuming the bears. So like, but the Packers really strong showing that I feel that they'll at least win seven games this year. That's just me. All right. That's five more than I think the bears are going to win. You like what you see out of Jordan Love, Alex or Hayden? I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll let Alex go here. Um, yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't really have many expectations for Jordan Love. Um, most people didn't because we don't have enough tape on him per se. We knew that there was a lot of hype coming into the season from the front office and training camp, but a lot of that is, you know, smoke and mirrors, paper tiger, you know, strategy when you're trying to build out this roster and, you know, uh, portray yourself as a, as, a, as a formidable opponent moving into the new season. Um, I was impressed with his third out efficiency, 9 of 16, well over 50%. Um, that was impressive. And um, just the balance in the, in the, in the passing game and the, and the ground game. Um, you know, hanging with, with Chicago, you know they're going to they're, they're gonna wear you out in the run game, but um, he was able to have success through the air. And I think that this is more kind of an indictment on Chicago because, once again, you know, they come into the season ill-prepared, not enough, um, you know, help and, and uh, support for Justin Fields to really build out this roster. And um, I, I think that Green Bay may look – they may look a little ahead of schedule with Justin – I mean, with uh, Jordan Love because of the fact that um, – that this division is not equipped to uh, take that step. I think it's wide open right now, and, and we, we're assuming that Detroit's taking the throne <laughs> because of that. Uh, but I think that Green Bay, you know, they'll kind of – it's just going to be a learning curve. You know, they have a whole new uh, – they have a whole new receiving core in there, and um, it's going to take time for Justin – I mean, for uh, Jordan Love to keep uh, developing. I get it. Good, I mean, I good also- analysis. I also think Chicago is, is, has a really bad defense. Yeah. Like, Chicago's really bad. <laughs> yeah. That's really all it boils down to. <laughs> really. I mean, that's simple. Is that simple sometimes? Awful. It's that simple sometimes. Yeah. They, they gave away their, like, their best player on defense to the Ravens, like, literally. Yeah. Too bad. So we have the Dolphins and the Chargers play a back and forth game in Los Angeles. Miami wins on the road, thirty six to thirty four. This was the best game of the week. Bars, Tua and Hill are one great duo together. Plus having Jalen Hyatt, I'm um, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Jalen Waddle there, pretty good stuff, guys. Herberts falling short in a competitive game again. What's new, right? Thanks. Mm-hmm. Still like Herbert, though. Still like Herbert. Hey, I like Herbert, too, but he really needs to win these close clutch games. Brandon Staley's it, coaching position is definitely on the hot wire, so bad stuff not getting a big win right away. But Miami really shows that as long as two is healthy as well, keeping his head on straight, I think this is a very dominant team. And just wait until – I know the defense didn't have a great game, but I really think have, getting Jalen Ramsey back at the middle part of the season is going to really enhance them. They just played a really good offensive team and um, very entertaining. And 
I just want to go on the record is I love Mike McDaniel as a coach. I love his press conferences. I love his goofy personality. And in there, there's a very sharp offensive mind. And I think who can potentially become a really good head coach, even in this, his sophomore year. What do you say, Bars? You had your hand up? I did because I wanted to ask. um, Damn, yo. I wanted to ask, do you think Miami would be good with Tua without Waddle and Hill? Well, who, who are you going to replace them with? Like if he had... Harry Rice? <laughs> no. They built they this roster around him completely. They've been all in, all, Chip's all in for two years now, and they're trying to make sure that they're getting a return um, in the immediate future so that they can figure out if they're going to pay him for real. Because, like, who outside of Waddle, Waddle and Hill, do they have to throw the ball to? And Gusecki, right? Gusecki's on the bats now. Yeah, he's oh, Gusecki is on the Pats now. Fuck. <laughs> so who do they have to throw the ball to outside of hit Waddle and Hill? Well, I mean, it's more about the offense with with McDaniel. You know, that's kind of the i that's the idea. I don't know. I think their skill players make that team. Like from what I was watching, Tyreek Hill did a lot of what he did on the on the Chiefs. Catch that ball, be really shifty. Make them plays. Yeah, he's good. Right. I think he's going to retire after next year too. He said he's ready. He's going to uh, hang the boogers up early, so he really wants that uh, second Super Bowl before he goes out. He should have stayed. I think this game was uh, it was like a Madden Madden twenty four wet dream. It was like yeah. nine hundred seventy eight total offensive yards, sixty first downs. I mean, it was just it was just like completely like off the chain. It was, it was like a college football game. It was yeah. the best game. Yeah, it was. It was the exciting game, most exciting game, the, the the most fun I've seen on TV in a long time in terms of uh, just <laughs> and I mean again, like it, it, it the, the question of whether this is more about Tua or his weapons is kind of um, is beside the point. I think that this offense is as legit and high powered as it needs to be to compete with the uh, the Cincinnati's, the Kansas Cities, and the Buffaloes, and. I think that they could be right up there. I was shitting on them last year for not having the offensive firepower, but it seems like McDaniel has has made that click, and they were out able to outgun a high-powered offense like the Chargers. So let's see if it translates in games where it's going to be a lot more grind-out style with a high-powered defense. Okay. Um, I, I see what you're saying there, and I'll shoot out this, right? Those teams, Kansas City, um, what was the other one you named? Buffalo. Um, the, Buffalo. And and uh, what was it? Uh, they have t- uh, uh, Bengals. They have top receivers. They have like receivers that can e- that are easily game changers. Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and um, he's not a receiver, but Travis Kelsey. Like he, like he'll ca- he's a tight end that'll play like a receiver. So these these teams have those players that what like once you've seen them not on the field or them not make big plays, uh, Stephon Diggs. Had that push off on um, Sauce Gardner, changed the tide of the game. Guarantee, if if that doesn't go for that, they would go again, probably score a touchdown, win that <laughs> game. No need for overtime. Um, Travis Kelsey there, he makes at least one touchdown, two big grabs, put the Chiefs in, put the Chiefs in position to win that game. Um, and it's the same. What does it like, have to do with the Miami Chargers game? 
Yeah. Um, basically, without those pe- like, basically, it comes. I feel like it comes down to those pieces. Without those pieces, Miami can't operate. So well, I have them. So you can set up for most teams in the league. Comes down to McDaniels. You know, I believe it literally that? solely comes down to those pieces. Well, they have them and appreciate. Yeah, you. you, you what, are, what are they supposed the to do? Cut them? good players, like you know. We want to make it harder for us. I you did, guys I did are getting get sidetracked from the main point. I did get sidetracked from the main point, but I was just trying to touch down on what uh what Alex said about um those three those teams that they have, and it just it just makes you touch back down on the weapons. Without those weapons, I, I mean, yeah. McDaniel seems no offense, Bart. That's a mute point that doesn't have anything to do with anything. They have them, they have to rock with them. Um, that's a huge first word problem if you're an NFL franchise. Your receivers are too good, but so, anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about Alex's team, the Las Vegas Raiders. They rain on the parade of the Denver Broncos. Broncos started with an onside kick, but that didn't phase them. So how about that? Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers, who needs Jimmy G and uh, and uh, Devontae Adams when uh, maybe Jacoby Myers might be something with there. But um, good stuff there. And I think um, if anything that I got out of the Raiders to start is uh, – Maybe Jacoby Myers getting him from New England might be legit. And then legit for my fantasy team. Let me tell you that. (laughs) And then the Broncos, they did play well. They look much better than they did in the Nathaniel Hackett era last year, but they still fell short, even with um, the great defense they have. But very good game, very entertaining. And uh, let's throw it to the floor with the Raider fan. How do you feel? You're happy this week. I'm happy for this week. Happy for a few more weeks if uh, <laughs> if he can stay upright. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, this was this was actually all seriousness. This was a very impressive win. Um, any road win is impressive to begin with, but especially with a divisional rival um, in you know less than ideal conditions. Um, I thought that McDaniel's actually coached a pretty decent game, all things considered. I thought they were pretty resilient after that turnover in in the uh, in the red zone, and um, you know you. You're, you're totally right. Sometimes players have rebirths in new uh, in new cities. I think Myers could definitely be that, particularly when uh, Devontae is commanding the number one defender on every game. Um, he had Sertan draped all over him the entire game. So um, you could assume that he's yeah. going to get a lot of because I feel the same way with Renfro coming back from um, a year where he was down with the injuries and, and the year prior he had an all pro year. So I expect him to bounce back. Um, there's still that void in the middle of the field and you saw it palpably in the, the red zone. Um, he didn't have that direct target target like he had with Kittle in years past for upload. So I think having uh, uh, not having Waller is definitely a huge deficiency moving forward, but I thought this was a really concrete solid win and I was very impressed with how they were able to close out the game in a clean timely manner opposed to years past where they really had uh, some uh, some crazy endings so lots to build on um, a really really uh, solid win and we'll take it and just improve for next week I mean yeah, I mean I I agree like you get Jacoby Myers out that like scheme and he he kind of flourishes like he's doing a pretty good job it's kind of like like when Zay Jones was over in the Raiders but now he's at now he's flourishing over there with the Jaguars, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh sorry, you, you gone? Go ahead, buddy. I like it. Oh sorry, I mean, I mean to cut you off there. 
Um, but um, yeah, no, I mean, you guys lost six or seven games last year that were, were one score games. So like to get that one first one and one score game, yeah. um, it's going to set a good tone for, this, for the rest of the season, I think, actually, where if you can maybe you start to build the confidence that you can win those one score games where you lost six or seven of them last year. So to tide, turn that tide at the beginning of the season is a very good sign. 100%. And the one thing I do want to mention, too, is that, um, you know, this is a highly penalized game on both sides. It was well over 170 uh, total penalty yards combined. But I was very impressed with how um, uh, how Oakland was able to keep um, Denver under uh, 300 yards total offense. I thought that was very impressive for week one. Yeah, slow start for Denver, but we'll see how Sean Payton really – it's too early to analyze the Broncos with their brand new head coach, you know, completely rehauling. But you know, this game really could have gone either way too. So uh, if we, if there's anything to see, they're still ballsy, and um, we'll see where Denver goes. But um, and I'll enjoy. So Wilson was okay, just okay. I'll, what? Enjoy. I'll enjoy first place until we go to Buffalo on Sunday. So. <laughs> Hey, man, I don't know. Josh Allen, not Josh Allen. He's got the curse. We'll yeah, see what happens I there. I think, I think Buffalo handles the Raiders, to be honest, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know, we man. can talk about it. We can talk about those picks when that game comes, but um, be interesting. Definitely save your thought for a little bit later, Hayden, on that. The Browns, the Browns versus the Bengals, the Battle of Ohio. The Browns continue their winning streak against Joe Burrow. They fall short. Joe Burrow only had 82 yards in the entire game. And as discussed a little bit earlier, maybe the Browns are legit. And Deshaun Watson has his best game since uh, his suspension. So the Browns looked really good. Anyone want to add to those points there? I really think um, also just as that the Bengals just had a bad day themselves. Clearly not as bad as the Giants with their blowout loss. But um, the Bengals just were not connecting. The defense of the Browns was um, really pressuring and causing drops, and it was a miserable game for Joe Burrow. Oh, How about them jumping. Browns? How about them Browns? Though I was, I was, I started like I jumped in a couple of the first ones, so I didn't want to take this one over. Um, Nick Chubb still looks solid. Yep. Uh, one hundred and six yards. Deshaun Watson had only one hundred and fifty-four yards passing. Um, he had an interception. Um, still did better than Joe Burrow. Like Deshaun Watson, after not playing for so many years, I feel like he's shaking. He's still shaking like that kind of like rust off. But don't forget when he was down there in Texas, Deshaun Watson was a fucking problem. But um, oh, throughout the year, I feel like he will prove himself to be, if not the best, the second best quarterback in um in that division. Um he's got he's got good pieces around him. They did they did really um they had added a couple solid pieces during the offseason. Um it's more so I feel like the the Bills I mean the Bears just kind of the the Bears the Browns just kind of got to the Bengals. A lot of B teams. Uh they just kind of got to them. Um I think the Bell the Bengals just didn't perform as well as they should have. Joe Mixon only had 56 yards. Jamar Chase, like, under 50 yards. Crazy. So, like, so crazy. Those damn elves got to them, as Jamar Chase called him. Yeah. It was a glaring discrepancy on offense. Glaring. But 
Um, to be honest, I feel like it's just the, the, the you know, week one overreactions. We've seen this team turn it around before. So let's see what they can do again. No, Daniel Jones wasn't the only quarterback that got paid and underperformed. <laughs> Happens. True. Yeah, I was I, I was just so like um really really disgusted with uh with with Cincinnati's like ill preparation for this game. You knew coming into this that um all eyes were gonna be on Burrow, his health, his offseason contract, all that related stuff. But you know, I would if if I if I was the coach for Cincinnati, I would have had these guys better uh, prepared to play. It looked like their defense was lackadaisical, out of sorts. I mean, you knew full well what Cleveland was bringing to the table. You knew you had a, a losing uh, recent history with them, and um, you just you let them run all over you. You let them, you know, pass, pass you know, all day long. I mean, they had two hundred they had two hundred six yards on the ground, and that's what they do best. I mean, if you can't game plan for a, a ground attack with with Chubb and company, um, I, I think that that it was just really embarrassing on all fronts. And they totally dominated time of possession. I mean, they were well over ten minutes in differential uh, over Cincinnati. And looking forward, yeah, I mean, moving forward, um, Cincinnati better get their shit together real quick because they got a tough next uh, four or five weeks as well. Uh, Cleveland, they're kind of playing with house money. I had them, you know, in a tight second place in this division, but. Uh, as the weeks go by, we'll have to see how it transpires and see how competitive Cleveland can really be to, uh, to kind of um, you know, uphold that uh, premonition. And when you look at those numbers again, like Deshaun Watson had one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown. He's starting yeah. to warm back up to become Deshaun Watson again. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like 45 yards for like five carries, that's nine yards a run. Their defense is was getting eaten up. Now their front line, the Bengals front line has always been, I feel like, really solid. But like their secondary's been shaky, but their front line got ate up. Like a hundred and hundred and six yards from Nick Chubb, forty-five from the Watson and the touchdown. Like, I don't know. Like maybe after really looking at these stats again, maybe they should panic, but it's just week one still. And, and if you look at, too, Deshaun Watson hit seven different targets, too, which was really impressive. Yeah, he, he really did. And, like, I think, like, the, the lowest the lowest yards, the lowest uh, amount of, like, yards that tar- one target got was five. After that, everyone was above ten. Like, the most yards anyone got was, like, 43 receiving. But, like, he spread the ball fairly well. They mainly killed him on the ground. Yep. We we had a good battle in New Orleans this weekend. The Tennessee Titans went down to NOLA. They lose by a close score of 15 to 16. Derek Carr wins his debut in a Saints uniform. The big thing to get out of this, this game, Ryan Tannenhill is washed. What a mess, throwing three picks, not knowing where to go. Derek Henry, despite a couple of manhandling iconic things known as the stiff arm, Everything else was not working for them. I think the Saints, a lot of people like them this year, what they have going. They took a good first step in the season there for them. And then the Tennessee Titans, some people thought that Tannenhill, think that Tannenhill should sit already and uh, maybe consider Malik Willis. But I don't think um, in his very few appearances in the NFL, there's nothing to show for it there. And I didn't really watch a lot of preseason games for the Tennessee Titans, but nothing reported out that things are going to be anything special there 
But I think again, the thing there to take it take out of this game, Tannen Hill sucks. Maybe Carr doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, the jury's still out on what the ceiling can be for the Saints um, in the NFC. I, I firmly believe outside of a few, a few teams like Hayden uh, alluded to at the beginning of our segment, um, outside of a few teams, I think the NFC is wide open from, you know, positions four to six. Uh, I would say that we, we kind of know what the cap is on Derek Carr. Uh, I think this really boils down to the defense and how far Dennis Allen can kind of rally the troops in that regard. If they can control the clock, control the pace of games, um, shorten the field on offense, uh, I think they could put themselves in a really good position with the remainder of their schedule. Uh, for the Titans, you're going to see wholesale changes, a lot of a lot of buyouts, a lot of movement um, midseason, preferably probably around week six if um, they have struggles and that continues from Tannehill down. Uh, I feel bad for Derrick Henry. They're continuing to kind of waste his uh, best years. And I don't know what the yeah. hell Deion Hopkins was doing going there. What the fuck happened there? I mean, it seems like they're the only one who really gave him a contract too, but he actually didn't really play that bad. But um, you can only do so much as a aging wide receiver in this game. I mean, like, I, I kind of, like, I mean, I don't know, like, both teams are kind of just like shitty to me, to be honest. Um, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, they need to just cut their losses and dip off that of that team. Um, the Saints, weak ass performance, like you said, we know the ceiling for Derrick Carr. You could throw three hundred yards till the fucking cows come home, bro. It, it ain't, it don't, it don't mean shit. Like it, it really doesn't mean shit. You won you like you won the game by one point against a team who like threw three picks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. The Saints, like their defense. But at least give credits to the Saints. They did come back in that. Yeah, and that's the thing to be heavy there. Definitely. Yeah. I I, I guess. I I guess. I guess. I mean, in that regard, they're really good. Olav might be a special, a top no, receiver they, in this they league. Have a, they have a very good defense. They have, they have a very good team. They want. Yeah. yeah. In that regard, in that regard, they didn't score in the fourth quarter, and all the Titans had to do was literally score a field goal and hit the fucking extra point, and they would win that game. So, like, I mean, in like, I, I don't, I, I really don't know. I can't really do that. I mean, trapped. there's a lot of coulda, wouldas in this league, but like at the end of the day, you get a one point victory. Like, you come up with a W. That's what good teams do. They win these close games. And like, I, I'm looking at the NFC South, and like, it's. I think it's gonna be a much better division than people anticipate. I think Tampa Bay is gonna be better than people think. Um, I think New Orleans actually gonna be pretty good. Um, and Atlanta with that rushing attack with Bijan and, and Tyler Algier, I mean, they're going to be pretty tough to beat. Um, Atlanta's probably the best team in the secondary. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I actually I actually picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, actually, before the season. I did, actually. Um, I actually think they have a really I, – I think they have a really good roster, actually, and Derek Carr is going to help elevate them. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting with that division because I actually really like the, the Saints. And I, I like the NFC South, actually. I think it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit better than what – People are giving it credit last year. Last year, you had four teams, and like the worst team finished seven and ten. Like seven and ten is not a terrible record. It's not great. It's competitive, but like you had four teams that were competing last year, and like I feel like all those teams got better. So, 
I genuinely yep. feel like that division is actually going to significantly improve, and all the four of those teams are going to be tough to beat at, at some given points in the season. And a big question for me is how much better can Derek Carr make a guy like a Michael Thomas, and what do they do now that Sean Payton is out of the picture? What are they going to do with Taysom Hill to really utilize that third dimension of the offense? I think that there's a lot of um, weapons that Sean Payton was able to bring the best out of in this offense, and I don't want to see it go to waste just because Dennis Allen is running at the helm and he's a uh, defensive guy. But I want to remind everybody too, and we brought this up in the in the uh, the preseason picks last week with uh, with with a young. Um, Dennis Allen has a long history with Derek Carr. They have a really uh, deep bond going back to 2014 when he got drafted. He was his first coach in Oakland. So I fully expect them to kind of rekindle things and get better, like fine wine as they age uh, through the season. I think that this division is wide open. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a great division, but I think it's wide open where they can afford to have weeks where they're figuring shit out in efforts to win these close tight games. And I think that they're going to do so because they also, again, don't have a very difficult schedule. And when you look at the end, the bottom of the NFC uh, uh, picture, um, positions four to six, four to seven are just wide open. Yeah, no, That's I hear I you love on that. Sleep. It is wide open. The Rams showed that they might be a little competitive. They went 30 to 13 against Seattle. And Rams completely shut out the Seattle Seahawks in the second half alone. And I think the most disappointing game, I'm sorry, the most disappointing team in this league next to the Giants was uh, the Seattle Seahawks not um, stepping up when they needed to. Why did, I'll say this in this week one, and that Simmons did a lot of week of overreactions. Do you think the Rams might secretly have someone? And how about, how do you pronounce his name? Pacho? Puka Naka, something. Puka Naka, the guy with the unique name. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. He's the wide receiver one until Cooper Cope comes back. I mean, this guy went ham. What, fifteen catches over a hundred yards? Maybe that's Matthew Stafford's guy. And then maybe Matthew Stafford is a uh, is a uh, not letting the potential rebuild um, get to him. Clearly, I thought very impressive win by Seattle. Fuck you. I mean, sorry, impressive win by the Rams. And I'll fuck you to Seattle for ruining my parlay. But that's my problem. But uh, how about this game? What really stuck Um, out? I mean, you talked about Pukanaka, but Atwell also had your 119 yards for six receptions. Like, yeah, it was that's like we got to talk about Atwell, too. Like Pukanaka, yeah, 10 receptions, 119 yards. But. Atwell went for 19.8 yards on average. So, yeah, I mean, they're very competitive. I honestly think once Cooper Cup comes back, you got a wide receiver, one, two, three room that's looking very underrated for the rest of the season. Might be going with something there. I agree. I want to hand this to Hayden first. Go ahead, buddy. Um, I mean, I don't really have too much to say about this game. I, Like I said, the Rams are an entirely new roster. Um, I can't, it's, I think it's going to be very hard to evaluate them. They're, they're kind of in a rebuild mode. The next two weeks, you get San Fran and Cincinnati, which I think are going to be two tough games for them. Brutal. So I, I don't really have much comments to, to, to say other than the fact that it's week one. Um, some team steps up and other teams are going to improve. I think Seattle will improve throughout the rest of the season. And uh, like, I don't really see any of those teams really competing with San Fran to win the division. I just feel like San Fran is, is miles ahead of, of all three of those teams. So... I mean, but we're going to see. I mean, they'll beat up on each other. 
Um, who knows? I mean, I, I think next week's going to be a good test for the Rams because they play the Niners. So if they can compete, it will give them confidence going into the rest of the season. But I, I just I, there isn't really that much for me to comment in in those in that game personally. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with the the Ram the Seattle Seahawks offensively. Um, yep. I thought in Jigba and I thought their pass catchers would do a little bit more. Um, I thought DK had a touchdown, but it's, I mean, it also seems their running games was lost. Yeah, their running game isn't. I, I thought I thought they would do a little bit more offensively versus the Rams, which I saw. So I was a little bit disappointed on that, but like, also at the same time, it's early. Like, give them some time. Like, you'll see. One of the most I, unnecessary I criticisms that happens with the Rams is and about the Rams franchise and talk about McVay is that McVay always had stacked rosters, and that's not not true, but. This is a good test I want to see for him if he can really win with this roster. And they were what the Seahawks were last year, being a big shot in that division. I'm sorry to interrupt, Bars, you were saying? No, I was saying, um, you're good, you're good, you're good, man. I was saying I agree with Hayden. Um, like, it was a disappointing game for the Seahawks. I really feel like they could turn it around. Um, Geno Smith had a really, really, really good last, um, um, last season. He had a really good season last year. Um, Geno Smith performed really well, but like I, I feel like he's gonna get knocked right back down to the median of where he like pretty much belongs, and then you kind of gotta you're gonna kind of have to like Pete Carroll's gonna kind of have to rely more on the run game, and then have Geno manage. Um, but I don't feel like for the rest of the season they'll like get like as whooped out. I, I still feel like they might be like sniffing the playoffs, but I feel like they miss it this year, to be honest. All right. Yeah, I got, I mean, I definitely have Seattle miss the playoffs. I, I have them regressing tremendously and stepping back a couple steps. Uh, I thought Gino was more of an aberration last season, caught people off guard without yep. any, any tape on him in New York. So, um, but I think this conversation is more about the Rams. Um, I had them, I mean, we're, we're talking about this division just in the context of who comes in second place. We all know that San Fran is the powerhouse. They're, um, you know, they're going to be clear cut far away, the best team in the NFC. Um, but I think that the Rams, I, my feeling on them was that they had the second second place in this division. I, I firmly believe that this, this is going to be a retribution tour for Sean McVay this year. And I thought that he kind of proved it um, a little bit incrementally in this first game. I think when you look at the overall production, I mean, they were tremendous on third down. Um, they doubled them up on first downs. They controlled the clock. They doubled them in, in time of possession. Um, and the yards per play, even without a tremendous rushing game, I mean, they were pretty much dead even. Um, so I was really impressed with the executional standpoints of, you know, what, what this roster is able to achieve in a short amount of time. Um, I, I thought that they had a really great offseason, both in the draft and in training camp. And I, I fully expect the Rams, even with a tough schedule, after you get past week five, I think that they're going to start uh, putting these wins together, especially once they start gelling and fit, building that cohesion together. But a lot of this, a lot of the success goes to Matt Stafford, but preferably, uh, I mean, preferentially to um, Sean McVay and that coaching staff. The Jacksonville yeah, I mean, Jaguars. I'm sorry, Bards. We have to move on. The Jacksonville Jaguars won by score 31 to 21. They showed they had a dynamic offense as people predicted, but shouts to Anthony Richardson, who did play well in his debut, despite almost getting his head chopped off, trying to slide in the, for that um, first down instead of a, uh, 
um, he was diving in instead of sliding in. I'm really liking the Jaguars. You know what I said, AR? Trevor Lawrence is going to be your NFL MVP this year. Wild card. I, sh- I should ma- I should make those uh, bets on FanDuel now, future sponsor, I hope. Um, but so far, so good for the Jaguars scoring 31 points to start their season. How about the Jaguars particularly? I mean, I'll go here. Um, I think the Jaguars, this is going to be a huge proclamation, but I'll, I'll make it right now. Um, I think the Jaguars are going to be the number one seed in the AFC. Actually, this season, I actually Ooh, think that. great minds think alike. Um, I actually think with they have six games versus they have two versus the Texans, two versus the Colts, who are starting a rookie quarterback, and two versus Tennessee. So that's potentially they could win six games alone just there. And then if you give another five or six wins, that's that's eleven or twelve wins. So, and we've seen it in the past uh, one year, I, uh, pretty recently actually, Tennessee got the number one seed, winning you know, um, twelve games. So I think I think this is a year where I think maybe the uh, the Jags could actually win 12 games this year and, and get the number one seed. Yeah. So who was their wide receiver? Who was the Jags wide receiver one last year? Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk, yeah. Easily, easily, once Calvin Ridley came back, should have – I don't know if Calvin Ridley's wide receiver one, but Calvin Ridley with the comeback game, eight receptions, 101 yards, 12.6 yards at – on average, like he had a phenomenal game, and Trevor I, Lawrence could legitimately win MVP. That's that's Tre- one. Listen, li- literally Number look at Trevor Lawrence's climb. Look at Trevor Lawrence's climb. Steady increase. All right, so what? Uh, well, he was injured his first year, or was that? Uh, no, he was uh, he was with Urban Myers first year, so that yeah, doesn't really count. Urban Myers. He had a shitty first. He had a shitty first um first year. Second year was was really was really good. This is so. This is his third year now, right? Uh, yeah, he's in year three. Yeah, already. Look at his yards starting off already this season. I feel the Jaguars. The Jaguars is my sleeper team. That's my sleeper team. That to come and take it under everyone's nose, like no one's thinking about them. Everyone's sleeping on them. They have a great receiving core. Christian Kirk was good over there when he was um when he was on the Cardinals. Um, Travis. ETN is a really good hybrid back. He's a really good hybrid back. He can run. He can catch the ball. Um, what he does on the ground is really slept on, though. I feel like he's going to get more um, highlight coming into this season than he did last season. Um, Josh Allen is a phenomenal defender. Like, their defense is great, and they have great leaders. Like, Urban Meyer not being there anymore turns that entire team around in it in a whole in itself. So I feel like the Jaguars did good. Anthony Richardson had a good, had a great start. Um, would you say he was the best rookie? Like Yeah, well, I I think he showed the most potential. Would you say he was the best rookie like that that debuted? Like honestly. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I think so. I think like, seriously. Brees Young, well we'll get there soon. Yeah. I think I think by week five we'll know what the ceiling is of this team because we're all agree we're all agreeing um, that this team is loaded. They're they're definitely going to be towards the top of the AFC. It's just a matter of how high their ceiling, their peak is. I think with Kansas City week two and then with Bills week five by October 9th, you're going to know how good this team really is. And then for, through the rest of the season, it's just going to be 
I mean, you, you, you guys alluded to it, six divisional games. Those should be cupcakes, six and all. And I fully expect them to be right around that uh, 11 or 12 win mark. I have full confidence that Doug Peterson's going to get them there because with his history and his background and knowledge of the game, I think that he's going to take them to the higher levels that, um, you know, Urban Meyer wouldn't dream to do. And I think that having filling out this receiving core and having, you know, stalwarts on the front floor to protect uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to have plenty of comfortable time in the pockets to develop in year three and really take off. Um, this team could easily be the number one seed and we'll probably know by week five. I mean, like, also one thing I think that people aren't realizing is that like they play their games in Jacksonville, which is warm weather. And then they also play all their other games are either versus Houston, which is in a dome. And then you have uh, you also have Indianapolis, which is in the dome. So I would say like probably like more than three quarters of the games are going to be in either warm weather, like they play at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a warm weather city. Like more than more, I would say like ten or eleven of their games are going to be in warm weather places or domes. So it's like that. That's definitely going to. I feel like that's definitely going to put into their advantage. Like Carolina, <laughs> they're playing at home. Tampa Bay, they're at. That's a warm weather city. Um, right. Cincinnati, they're at home. Uh, they're out of a dome in Houston. Like they're, they're playing San Francisco at home. Uh, New Orleans has a dome, so it's like more than more than three quarters of our games are, are going to be played without elements, which is definitely, I think, in their favor because especially because they're a warm weather team. I'm yeah. I'm jumping off. I'm 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 siding with you guys. I think the, I think Jacksonville got got it for the number one seed this year. It's not even that they're going to be so great. It's that more or less like. I just feel like the other teams in the AFC may beat up on each other, and Jacksonville's the one team where I feel like they're they're going to be able to get kind of past that gauntlet. And I feel like playing the AFC South is going to really help them. And they're very like, well coached. With yeah. Like I agree, I agree, but like I feel like even without the beating up on beating up, I feel like this team is really solid, yo. Like I really do. Like they got a bunch of pieces that I mean, shine. They, they play Kansas City this week, so we'll see too. But. Like Evan Ingram shines in this system. You know what I'm saying? Like Zay Jones shines in the system. Like it's just, I don't know. Like, and Doug Peterson, like you said, so. So we had the Carolina Panthers go down to Atlanta. They lose by score 10 to 24. Atlanta's running back by committee is something to watch out for. Bryce Young doesn't step up in his first game, you know, throwing a couple picks, only 146 yards. Tough, tough, tough. And uh, Frank Reich doesn't shine in his debut as the head coach of the Jags. You know, we did mention a lot of the things we liked already with these two franchises to mention, but anything to add with Atlanta or Carolina? Oh, I think you got those mixed up real quick. What do you mean? Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the Colts. Where's Frank Wright at? Frank Wright played. Frank Wright was come the coach on. Of the Colts for a while. Frank Wright was. Frank Wright is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Bars. He was. Oh. The coach for the, he was the coach for the Colts. For the Colts. Yeah. He was the coach oh, for the Colts he, yeah, for a while. You threw me, yo, my fault. My fault. You threw me off real quick. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, anything to add with these guys? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high on Atlanta. Um, I think the jury's still out on if they can secure the uh, NFC South uh, title this year. I think that the uh, Desmond Ritter, we're going to have to keep tabs on him to see his improvement through the year. But I, I'm a firm believer in Arthur Smith to fill out and develop this offense. I think that they're going to get better week by week, and it's just going to be a matter. I think it's going to be a two-horse a two race horse between two horse race between New Orleans and Atlanta. And um, 
you know, it's going to take time for Carolina to build. They're, they're starting from the ground up, but I think Atlanta has pieces to build on and um, they're going to be well on their way. I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball more than like 18 times with Desmond Rear. They're actually going to have to air it out, yeah. which could be, a, a, could be a potential problem. There. Like you have a, a ground and pound in today's day and games, it's, day and age, it's going to be tough to run. But I mean, it, it could be done, definitely. They're just, they have to, they're definitely going to have to be a little less afraid of, um, they're going to have to be less afraid to throw the ball eventually in, in the second half of the season. Hear that? I mean, like, I'm I'm like I'm big on I'm big on the Falcons in in this game, but I'm really like aside from that, neither, neither team like pretty much impressed me too much. Uh B. John Robinson was really big going into this game, but didn't really do much to me, if you ask me, but yeah. Then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the Minnesota Vikings. Baker, impressive in his debut. Vikings were underwhelmed, it seemed. Those handlebar mustaches couldn't do much for Kirk. But um uh, you talked about being impressed with Baker's debut, Hayden. Yeah, like I was. I actually was very impressed. Would you like to elaborate, elaborate uh, on that a little more? I mean, like I said, he showed a lot of moxie. I mean, I understand that uh, it's not exactly a great – not exactly – Defense with uh, the the Minnesota Vikings, but that being said, he showed moxie. He showed poise. Um, I think Tampa Bay was looking for a little. I think Tampa Bay is looking for a little bit of that that spark of energy after Tom Brady came in, and I was actually pretty impressed. Like, I mean, they have some good offensive weapons too. They got Mike Evans. He has Chris Godwin to throw to. Um, like, they have a lot. They have some pieces there with with. Uh, they have they actually have a very good skill position group. With, it doesn't um, seem like um, either of them is going to run away to so, the So, I mean, I feel like you have three teams that are, like, actually – those three teams are actually going to be pretty good, like Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay definitely could win that division. Any of those three teams. I, even – like, Carolina's going to improve a little bit. I don't see them really competing. But, I mean, I was very impressed by Baker Mayfield. Um, like I said, he's a guy who – you know, he definitely has moxie. He has poise written off a little bit. But um, I feel like if he's fully healthy with those, with those pieces they have in, in, in Tampa Bay, there's no reason why they, they can't win a lot of games either. So, you know, I was actually very impressed by what I saw from Baker Mayfield. He gave them a, a new jolt of energy that actually could be good for, for the team. And I think he won over the locker room in week one, too, which, I mean, guys are actually going to want to play for him. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see this season with Baker Mayfield. But I feel like they actually – out of all three of those teams that I mentioned, the the Falcons, the the Colts, not the Falcons, Falcons, Panthers, and uh, Falcons, Panthers, and Saints, they have the most dynamic quarterback actually. So, um, yeah, those those three teams are going to be good, and I was I was very impressed by what I saw from Baker Mayfield actually. Yeah, um, yeah, not not much else to add. I I disagree with with your with your analysis in terms of whether Tampa's legit enough to hang around uh, towards the end of the season. I think that at the beginning, the first four or six weeks of the year, we kind of see some of the, some fakers kind of flash in the pan. I think that Tampa is kind of leaning on that element of surprise. I don't have a lot of faith in Todd Bowles as a head coach. I mean, I would just lean on his former record with the Jets. But um, that being said, I think they'll be interesting. Um, they got a lot of offensive pieces and, I think that Minnesota takes a huge, tremendous, regressive step back this year. I think that last year they overperformed in a lot of tight games, and I think that's why you saw this game closer than it was. That's why yeah, I, I, I wish the Jets would that. trade for him to get Kirk Cousins. But, again, Zach Wilson getting protected by the second overall pick there. I mean, uh, of course, Justin Jefferson has a great game. Um, but – 
they kind of like, I don't know, letting go Dalvin Cook was a questionable like move for me. He was a great rusher. Um, and he came through in a lot of big moments for them. I won't let this one game, though, kind of like be like, yeah, like I'm not good on the Vikings and yeah, boost the, the, the Buccaneers. I think both teams are equally mid. Um, Justin Jefferson is just on a, I mean, uh, a good receiver just happens to be on a very mid team. Um, and for the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield's not Tom Brady and he never will be. Uh, he's proven himself to be very subpar for the in, for all his years in the league. How many playoff games I mean, the guy he, won? I mean, he did it? take he did take the the Browns to have their first playoff win in like twenty years prior to like the, the during the COVID year. So and in the game has, against the Chiefs, if the, things went a little differently, yeah, and if no, Chad definitely. Henney didn't go him, he would have not. They would have been in the AFC Championship that year. Like they, considering they had a team, and when, then like, how far they, they would have gone after? Considering that. they didn't win a game for like two years in a row, a Baker Mayfield did turn them into a relevant franchise. All right, yeah. and now this, and Baker this Baker did really well for the Rams last year. When yeah, he Baker came had a good year for the Rams. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Baker's a good quarterback. Like he and he and for. I don't know which Baker Mayfield you're watching, bars, but Baker Mayfield. Not, is I, I don't think he's phenomenal, players. but I feel like Baker. I feel like he's he's not a little bit he's a lot Baker. better. He's a lot better than what people give him credit for. Yeah, and I, he I think knows how to overcome over obstacles. And he played with a torn labor. Not when overrated. When he was, with, <laughs> he, he's when still he was, in this league and when he was too. with Cleveland, when he was with Cleveland, he's playing with a torn labor. So you got to figure he'll be healthy, healthier. Right. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what it goes. We'll see what it does. He does have a good offensive line. He's got a great offensive line. Um, and he's got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to throw the ball to. So let's see what goes on. But I don't think the Rams like fall off a cliff. But I'm um, Rams. I don't think the Vikings fall off a cliff. But I think the the Buccaneers won't be as good with Baker. That's just my opinion. All right. In the final game to, to, to hit on, we had the Ravens play the Houston Texans at home. This Ravens game went really well for them, except J.K. Dobbins gets hurt for the rest of the year, torn ACL. But besides that, the uh, Ravens did dominate a very a much weaker opponent. C.J. Stroud was fine in his uh, NFL debut, but... Give it to the Ravens staying um staying well on both sides of the ball of the ball and watch out for Zay Flowers. If he can show if he could continue to show how quick and, and flexible and all out athletic he is, he is going to be a great receiver in this league. That's a fact. Big fan of Zay Flowers there, but um yeah. Are the Ravens going to be fine without J.K. Dobbins? Yes. Yeah. They still yeah, got Mark Andrews. Um, they still got a decent um, receiving core, and they got Lamar Jackson. I think they're good. I, I don't, actually. I think I think it's going to be a big problem without J.K. Dobbins. I think they're going to have a hard time running the ball. Um, their run game is going to suffer tremendously. And um, I think you're going to see they're going to have a hard time moving the ball over some, some offenses. Um, the defense is going to be solid, but, I mean, we'll see. They're, they're a very middling team, in my opinion, the Ravens, with, with a very good quarterback. I don't love their roster entirely. I think that I think they have a very good quarterback in Lamar, and when he's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But um, I, I do not love their roster, if I'm being completely honest. What do you think yeah. about Odell's first game as a Raven? 
it was okay. He didn't do anything that impressive, in my opinion. Two targets. I think I think at this point, 20, 2023 version of Odell is more like cake decoration opposed to the cake. I think he's more just kind of to, you know to fill out and give Lamar a few more options. But I think that this J.K. Dobbins injury is actually going to be very detrimental. I think the cornerstone of what they want to do on offense is control the clock and run it down your throat. And having multiple pieces, multiple weapons in that offensive rushing attack is going to be crucial and critical to keep defenses on their toes. I think this is going to be an issue that continues to persist. But I also think that I I had a lot of issues and concerns with both Lamar's new contract and this roster coming into the new season. Um, I have been taking a a tremendous step back and being somewhere middling around a 500 team. And it kind of bears out in the schedule when you really get into the second half of the calendar year. Um, That being said, I think that this team can only go as far as Lamar's arm goes. And you saw a lot of his shortcomings in week one. And I think that's not really going anywhere because he hasn't made a full effort, uh, full committal effort to really uh, expand his, his passing game and, um, you know, tweak and, and, and fine tune his mechanics. I think that it's just going to be a, a, an issue that continues to boil over as the season goes on, especially when you see some of the offense slow down, break down, and teams prepare uh, a lot better. I mean, again, you're, you, you, we have to put this in proper context. They took advantage of a team with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, um, <laughs> and they made them look like shit as they should. You know, that's what Fresh meat. Yeah, that's what good teams do, but at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't tell me anything about how their offense is going to be run top-down moving forward. So I have grave concerns and uh, injury. is A season-ending injury from J.K. Dobbins doesn't help. Yeah, they really should trade for Jonathan Taylor. I think that oh, would make the most a, sense there. But um, we'll see how the, again, the rest of the weeks goes. Well, you know one thing, Jonathan Taylor is not going to be a Colt. Even if they wind up, uh, if they say they win the next three games and he gets off the pup list, but that animosity and the pure hatred between the owner and him is apparent. So I'm sure he's going to get dealt. And if the trade deadline was tomorrow, J.K. Dobbins, would, I'm sorry, Jonathan Taylor would make the most sense at Baltimore. I mean, they still have Gus Edwards, who was like a solid runner for them for a while, and they got Justice Hill. Um, while they they will suffer a decent amount of yardage in the run game, I don't think that it'll be as detrimental. Yeah, we'll see. So that wraps up the games here. Now let's just quickly go through the gauntlet and make your picks for the week. Just simply give me a... So I'm going to name the game. You tell me who you think is going to win. And again, whether you want to choose the money line or the points, that's up to you. But let's help get this insight. Yes? Did we touch on the Cardinals game? Yes, we talked about the um, we talked about the Cardinals and Washington Commanders. Hurt, sorry. And, and it was a little bit short for my liking on that one. But uh, all good there. No worries. And uh, let's get into it, gentlemen. Let's talk about these picks. Oh, maybe we did skip them. No. I don't think we did. I don't think we touched on them. Okay. So there's not really much to add here with the commanders. That game was a little bit. The game was, I apologize there, my bad. Game was a little bit too close. Without Jamar Chase, the, um, 
I feel that the commander struggled on defense against a much inferior opponent, but they still get a win. A win is a win. And um, what did we think about this? I thought Sim House's performance was uh was interesting. Um, to be honest, it was a lackluster game. Nothing too crazy. Um, without Chase Young, unless he was, I don't, I don't know if he was strapped up for this game, but without Chase Young, it's looking like a pretty, like I don't know. No, that uh, that that Washington D line is actually pretty good with Montez Sweat. They got after the quarterback. Um, I mean, it's hard to really say because because Arizona is playing Joshua Dobbs. Now, exactly. Talking about Jonathan Allen. Everyone's talking about Jonathan Allen it's and Montez Sweat, but they forget that when Chase Young was on that line, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, that was a fucking rocker. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they got a win versus a bad team. I'll, I'll let I'll let uh, I'll let Alex go. For this one, no, I don't have much to add. I thought it was kind of a lackluster game. You got two teams at the beginning of the year. We have tons of questions about both leadership and quarterback. So um, I thought they were kind of two middling teams, and uh, the Commanders prevailed. They have a great front four, but um, a lot of questions at a lot of other positions. And we'll see as the uh, the year goes on. Although I will say Arizona's defense could is is a little better than people think. They actually played pretty good. They had a touchdown versus. Um, Versus the, versus the commanders, so they could give the Giants some problems because I actually feel like that defense is actually a little bit better than what people are giving them credit for. I, I think the Giants. I think the Giants handled them. To be honest, I think the Giants are going to go and handle them. I don't. I mean, I think the Giants will win that game. I just think it's going to be closer than what people think. Like, it, like I don't feel like the, the Arizona Cardinals are really going to be blown out in as many games as people think because their defense is going to hold up for a little bit. It's a good time to transition and talk about this week's picks. Let us make them. Let's go right away with it. Thursday night, we have the Minnesota Vikings going down to Philly. Philly's opening at minus seven. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles with this. And even give me the points. What do you guys say for this? Like Philly in that game. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 35 35- 27 Eagles. Ooh, that's, that's high. high, high that's a high-scoring yeah, game. That's high. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Alex, you can make your pick. Oh, I got I, I got Eagles 24-20. Um, I mean, that's yeah, a dime, that's I'm, a I'm with bars. I'm with bars. I think I think they can score some points in this game. I got I got the I got the Eagles 31 to 31-20 in this game. That's it. That's a dying. That's a dying Viking secondary, and like a shady Eagle secondary. So, like, you know, I'll give it to him. All right. So then we have the Las Vegas Raiders going down to Buffalo. Buffalo's opening at a steep minus nine and a half. You know what? I think Buffalo's going to continue to show their struggles, and I'm going to give the Vike. I'm going to give the Vegas Raiders this upset. Give me Ooh. the Raiders on this. <laughs> I'll take the uh, I'll take the Raiders with the spread, but I think Buffalo is going to win the game twenty four to twenty. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as uh, as Hayden on that. I think this is going to be a tight game. I mean, not tight game, but I don't think I think nine and a half is pretty broad. Um, I got the Bills somewhere around twenty seven to twenty. If this was Week Five, like you said, um, and we had seen the Raiders perform a little bit more. I would might jump on that Raiders bag and wag with you guys, but with you, Matt, but I'm going to go with the Bills on this. All right. Good stuff. 
Baltimore versus Cincinnati. Baltimore's going down to Cincy. Cincy's opening at minus three and a half. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals getting a bounce back win. I agree. Uh, I'm, t- I'm taking Cincinnati in this game to, to come back. At home, uh, I, think, I agree. Yeah, I think Cincinnati has had Baltimore's number recently. Um, they've, I mean, they, and they're in the seasons they've won, they've, they've, they've done, they've handled Baltimore pretty well. So I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take Cincinnati in this game, 31 to 17. Ooh, that's almost yeah. my, I had a uh, 31, 18. Uh, yeah. I have Cincinnati in a big win. Uh, Ravens will probably just start creeping in towards the end of the game with some extra points, but I think this should be over by half to be honest with you. In a rematch of the thrilling divisional matchup. Kansas City is actually going to Jacksonville. Kansas City opening at minus three points on the road. I'm actually going to say, hmm, I'm going to go with my gut. Give me Jacksonville for the win and people freaking out that the Chiefs start 0-2. I think that'd be the first time in the Mahomes era that actually happens. I didn't give a score on that last game, but because I, it was just it's just too many factors in it for me. But I'm going to give a score on this one. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go as far as to say that this is the best game of week two. And I will say that it's a fucking shootout. And I will say it's 35-35. I mean, 35-38. Oh. With a field goal win by the Jaguars. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah, um, I'm taking Kansas City in this game, actually. I think it's going to be close. Um, I'll take Kansas City 28-24. to 24. I got uh, Jacksonville as well, 34-31. Nice. Wow, am I the only guy taking Kansas City in this game? Wow. Yeah. Interesting stuff. <laughs> oh. Eat your words, my friend. The I, mean, charge- I, I still have, I still have the, the, the Jacksonville one seed, but I'll take Kansas City in this game. <laughs> Eat your heart out. Chargers are playing the Tennessee Titans. Chargers are going out to Tennessee. Chargers opening at minus three. Give me the Chargers on this one and hit that spread. Yeah, I'll get Sante Samuel, JC Jackson, Leo Mack. I'm taking the Chargers. I think I think they'll they'll score more than the Tennessee Titans. I think this game they just have offensive firepower. Oh yeah, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams is looking decent. Uh, Keaton Allen still healthy. I'm gonna get this one to the Chargers. I'm probably gonna say 28 to four, 28 to like 17. See, I have this as a bounce back game from the Titans. I think that the Chargers, um, whenever you think that they're on the ascension, they kind of come back to the middle. I think that this is gonna be. I think this is gonna be more of a closer, uglier game. Actually, I think it's gonna be um, something like a 21 to 18 Titans. Green play Green Bay is going to Atlanta. Battle of the Unbeatens. Green Bay opening at minus two. Give me Jordan Love continuing his undefeated season after week two. Give me the Packers on this one. Yeah, I got I got Green Bay on this one. I got Green Bay. Yeah, I got uh Green Bay over the with the points too. Um I have them somewhere around uh, 20 to 18, 20 to 17. All right. I got the Falcons taking this one um, 28. I don't know, 28, 20. Oh, wow. Attention take. Okay. I think, I think, I think the Falcons are really underrated. 
this year. I don't think they take the division all the way, but I think they're they battle for that seat. Um, and I think they give the Packers a good run for their money. To 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 it's like I, I want to say it's like a, a statement game almost. I think there's going to be a great coaching duel actually between Arthur Smith and uh, Matt Lafleur. You got to remember these two guys uh, were face to face in Tennessee as well for years. That's right. That's right. Seattle goes to Detroit. Detroit opening at minus six. Wow. I really like uh, De- Detroit in this. And I'm going to agree with them. Give me the points for Detroit. Give me the points for Detroit. Can we make a shirt that says points for Detroit? I'm, uh, I'm, take, yeah. I'm taking Seattle on this game, actually. I think Seattle's going to come back. Dark horse on this one. I take it, Hayden. I like it. Welcome I'm taking back. Seattle on this game, like, 30 wow. to 24. That's high. I, um, I think it's going to be high scoring in this game. I was somewhere around 27, 21 Detroit. All right. Indiana versus Houston. The second overall pick versus the third overall pick. Interesting stuff. Indy's opening at just a minus one. Give me Indy on this. I think uh, Houston looking like they still have a lot of ways. They have a long road ahead to go. And Anthony, again, I was impressed with Anthony Richardson in his first game. Despite- yeah, I'm, uh, I'm taking Indianapolis in this game, too. But I think they, I think both quarterbacks are going to play well, though. Actually, mm-hmm. I think they're both going to throw for more than 200 yards. And, and a I'm touchdown, going, too. I'm going with Hayden's prediction on both quarterbacks playing really well. But I'm pretty sure that when I started this sentence, y'all know I was going to go with the Texans. Right. I think I Bryce Young has an awesome comeback game. I think that he shows everyone why CJ Stroud he's so high rated. CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud. Sorry, sorry, CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud has a great game, and he shows everyone why he was so like highly rated. So, no, he's he actually passed the ball pretty good. CJ Stroud threw for two hundred forty-five yards. So, I mean, you know, there's some there's some potential there. Just got to get him some more help. Good running right. game too. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of offensive movement, but I think there's going to be a lot of um, penalties and mistakes in the red zone. Um, these are two young teams. And yes. that, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be somewhere around a, a 13 to 10 Colts win. Um, I just think that there'll be a lot of like highlights and a lot of downturns, um, but I got somewhere around 13, 10 Colts. I'm going to go 24, 10 Texans. The Chicago Bears are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chicago's going to Tampa. Tampa's opening at minus three. Give me Justin Fields getting his first win of the year, defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Agreed. Just to show everyone a little bigger, how what I feel about Baker. I'm agreeing. Um, I feel Justin Fields had a bad game. Um, Green Bay versus uh, uh, Chicago is always a tough game, period. It's a rivalry game. Aaron Rodgers owns that fucking team, even when he's not there, apparently. So, like, you know, Green Bay can still, like, you know, so I feel like after an embarrassing loss like that, Justin Fields bounced back. He he puts uh, Baker, play, Baker Mayfield in the place that I know he belongs. And he, I don't know, he solidifies himself as an active, good quarterback this year. Yeah, I got uh, I got Baker and the and the and the Buccaneers winning that game versus uh, versus Chicago. I don't feel like Chicago's going to be able to stop um, stop what, what, Chris, Chris Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. What was the spread on this? Minus three for Tampa Bay. Um, I'm going to hold that line. I think 
Tampa takes care of business at home. Um, I'm probably somewhere around 21-18 or 21 or 20 to 17. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to win this game similar, similar, like similar to what Alex said. Like I think almost 27. I think they're going to take this one 21-17. Bears for the upset. The New York football giants are going to Arizona. They're only opening at minus five and a half. I will say this will be enraging if the Arizona Cardinals actually pull this off. Give me the Giants. They should have no problem covering the sped. Uh Giants 28. 20. I had the Giants uh, 23-17. I'll take the Giants in this one, 17-10. All right. The San Francisco 49ers are going up against the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. San Francisco minus eight is the spread. Give me San Francisco. Though I would say give the points to uh, the L.A. Rams. Believe it or not, I think uh, they'll be able to be sneaky in it. But um, I think San Francisco wins only because that spread at minus eight is a bit big. And I don't I'm going to steal a Young's uh, rule. Don't do spreads over seven. So um, give me San Francisco with that win, but uh, give the points to the Rams. I'm taking both the points and San Francisco for the money line. I got San Francisco like. 35 to 20. Yo, you you know what? I'm off 10. I had 35 to 10. San Francisco. That's just how I, that's just how I unfolded. I just feel like San Francisco is a better defense and a better offense. Um, I'm, with, I'm with Matt. I have Niners with the win, Rams with the points. I'm somewhere around 34 to 28. 49ers. Okay, so coming up next. Now, you know what's funny? The Jets had had, they still have eight primetime games. We know what happened. So before they start flexing the primetime games out, because let's be real, does the nation want to watch Zach Wilson? But for now, we have a primetime game, 425 at Dallas. The Jets are going to Dallas. Dallas is opening at eight and a half. That's high. Pretty, steep. That's high. pretty, pretty high. high. Um, give me Dallas, but there's no way they're gonna hit that spread. Um, so give me Dallas with the win, but the Jets with the points. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Jets are. I, I think the, I think Dallas is gonna win this game, twenty four eighteen. But I, I think the Jets gonna keep it close actually, because the Jets defense is elite. So the, so the Jets gonna keep this game close. I got this one at 20, 20, 2017 Dallas. Yeah, I'm actually wow. right there with you. Uh, 20 to 16 Dallas. Um, I just think that um, that this Jets defense is legit, and they're gonna they're gonna give Dallas uh, trouble even if they prevail. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's scary. Both teams have questionable offense at this point, but like really good defense. So it's like shit. <laughs> The Washington Commanders are going up against the Denver Broncos at Mile High Stadium. Denver's going to get their first win. They are minus three and a half, by the way. Give me Denver. Probably the most least interesting game. I'll take Washington. 
Well, I'll take Denver with the points and the, and the spread. Um, yeah, I got I got Denver with the points and the spread. And then Sunday night, we have the Miami Dolphins going out to New England. Miami's opening at minus two and a half. I think Miami's going to win this game, and they're going to win with the points. Ugh. Yeah, I, 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 as much as I hate Miami, I got to agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have. Uh, I think the, the Patriots are going to win this game, actually. I think at home. I, this is a surprising one. This is a surprising pick, but I think the Patriots at home are actually going to find a way to stifle Tua, and they're going to win that game. Really low. I'm going to give it a really low scoring game. 20 to. I'm going to go like, they're going to like 20 to 18. Ugh. Oh, I would not even do that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to go 34, 31, Miami. Uh, Boy, I, you have the Patriots scoring 31 points. Wow. Yeah, well, I don't have the Patriots because, scoring 31 points, but I do have yeah. Miami getting pretty high. Because their only, their only chance to keep up with this Miami team is, is, is to outshoot them. And I think that Bill O'Brien being there with Matt Jones is going to improve their offensive chance. Yeah, their offense is going to be better, definitely. Nah, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't that. think. I don't think honestly. Saw it last I, don't week. I don't think New England can keep up with them shooting out in a shootout. I don't think that at all. Mac Jones, Mac Jones is no Justin Herbert. There's two Monday Night Football games this week. We have New Orleans going up against Carolina. New Orleans opening at minus three on the road. Give me New Orleans on this one. Points and spread. What's what's it again? New Orleans and Hill. Carolina Panthers. Oh, no, exactly. Um, yeah, give me New Orleans with the points and the spread, too. How do they have such a fucking boring game on Monday night? Well, because it's a divisional oh. game, so that's why. They're both, yeah, they're both divisionals. Um, I'll take I'll take New Orleans with the points and the spread as well. I think they'll be 2-0. and out. I'm going to go with New Orleans, I guess. Like, I, I'm going to go with New Orleans. Even though I feel like my gut says go with the Panthers, yo. My gut is telling me to go with the Panthers. I'm going to go with New Orleans on this one because on paper, they got the better team. All right, and then we will round it out. 8-15, the Cleveland Browns are going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. Cleveland opens it actually at minus two and a half. Give me Cleveland going to ruin the parade and Bars' night that night. Give me Cleveland over Pittsburgh. 24-17 Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm taking Cleveland over Pittsburgh, too. I got Cleveland over Pittsburgh as well. Um, Somewhere right around 19 to 18. Yeah, I got them winning 17-16. 24-17 Steelers. All right. It's going to be a fun time. I appreciate you all. Thank you for going through this first week. And we'll see you a week from tonight and see how good your picks were. All right. Have a great night, gentlemen. Great work, my friends. AR, Hayden, and Bars. That was a lot of fun. And on to week two. Let's see what happens. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdCalvoPod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations, as well as Facebook at Productive Conversations. So we are back tomorrow doing our college football show, reviewing week two and looking into week three. What a 
game between Texas and Alabama. We saw Colorado get another victory. Shadur Sanders is him. The way he keeps playing, he's going to win a Heisman. We have the U beating Texas A&M. Is the U back? And other great things to talk about the great world of college football. We'll have that for you tomorrow. We have another tweet cap on Friday. And let's make the most out of the end of the week. So I guess want to thank Bars of God, Hayden Nather, and Alex Ranelio for their contributions to the show today. I want to thank Alex Jesus for what he does behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us no matter what. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I'll see you tomorrow. Much love, everybody. And don't forget to check in on your friends and family. Peace. Oh.